0: I like death. I like death with sex. How about you, Casey? You like sex with
1: death? Yeah, so fuck up and die. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. And perhaps even a few murders. They're all in invited. I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. Detective
0: hey guys and welcome to betrothed a couple's guide to genre film i'm your host chris and with me as always
2: i'm katie
0: and uh boy today some people definitely got together and made a movie i will give, i will say that
2: yeah they did they put together they scrapped together a little bit of money yep and put together a film. They
0: did. They made a thing. How are you doing?
2: I am good, I guess. I don't know what day is. Still, still no idea. Um, I feel like I'm kind of getting lost in it all at the moment. But I think that <laughs> this movie didn't help with that. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! <laughs> I've lost my mind. I've just—I've totally lost my mind. It's just—it's gone.
0: If I don't say anything, <laughs> are you going to continue to spiral? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, I, it's—I don't know what day it is either.
2: No, it's all blurred. I, uh, I've i kind of just <laughs> gauged my week based on what food we have in the refrigerator. Yeah,
0: basically that's what's going on.
2: That's how I'm passing. Still don't have time. COVID, which is good. Which is really, really great.
0: We're still managing not to get the disease. And if you have or have had it, uh, um, I'm sorry. And that sucks. And at least hopefully you have recovered from it. And if you have, good for you because you don't have to be as terrified of it as everyone else is. Exactly. Um, but uh, so basically, the, the best I can say is uh, that I don't have COVID, and that's kind of how I feel right now. I'm like, okay, cool, I don't have it.
2: Yeah, I'm not part of that. Um, I am just, you know, trying to keep busy, <laughs> and it's not really working. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of staring at my phone, playing a lot of games. Yep, that's I know that. Um, cycling through Instagram, and um, you know, just hitting refresh and trying really hard not to. Uh, do any online shopping
0: yeah well yeah i I am trying not to
2: that's my difficult thing i I have a lot of carts just sitting with things in them (laughs) and i both don't want to bog down the shipping uh companies because i know that there's important things that need to be delivered Mm -hmm. but i'm also like but i should maybe get myself something to do
0: yeah i'm having the same thing that's why i've been working on my car Mm -hmm. and doing little things to it it's like i need a thing to go do physically that is an active yeah brain hand activity
2: i need something that doesn't involve a screen exactly which is you know great because we're watching movies and talking about them exactly but you know what that's okay
0: and those of you who are doing things on your screen right now, meaning listening to this podcast, we appreciate it. And in no way did Katie just try and completely alienate the entire audience and listener base.
2: No, because I have to listen to things while I do things with my hands. I know. I'm just, hands.
0: I'm just playing. Yeah, it's it's the same old shit, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, like, I so don't have anything else.
2: <laughs> it's, it's a weird one.
0: Uh-huh. Well, this movie just put me in a weird brain state.
2: Yeah, I did. I will say, the longer I've marinated on it, the less I, you know, frustrated I am oh, okay. by it because you kind of. I just watched. There's it. so much that you just kind of let go after the fact that just didn't matter.
0: Yeah. So what we're talking about is the 1982 um, movie that was just right at the top of the entire. Um, you know, this was the height of slasher film. This was the bubble starting to pop Mm -hmm. or starting to keep expanding right here Mm -hmm. in the early 80s. Uh, The movie is Slumber Party Massacre. And um, I've heard about this movie for a long time because there are a series of massacre movies, Mm -hmm. Uh, all of them produced by Roger Corman, of course, Um, and none of them really have anything to do. I guess that's not true. The Slumber Party Massacre movies, there are sequels, okay, but there are also other massacre movies that aren't Slumber Party Massacre, and they're all produced by um, Roger Corman.
2: See, I'm inter- this left me wanting enough more that I'm interested in continuing down this rabbit hole.
0: I want to know more. We'll definitely come back to this. See, so the Slumber Party Massacre series that went from 82 to 90, you have the Sorority House Massacre series that went from 86 to 90, mm-hmm. and then you have the Cheerleader Massacre series that went from 2003 to 2011. So those were all... Um, now... Here's an interesting thing that I'm just now reading, and this is actually exciting. So this series, according to Wikipedia, also features the standalone film Shark and Saw Women's Prison Massacre, which is hilarious because a friend of mine is in that movie.
2: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, I think that what they're saying is that if you have the word massacre in the title, you might be in this universe. Yeah. Which I know can't. B, but I love the premise
0: that's very funny on the Wikipedia for Shark and Saw Women's Prison Massacre it says that uh, <laughs> it says that my friend has an additional material writing credit on written by which means he Im- improv a lot
2: oh yes that means a lot of his improv that was means a lot of his dialogue was in. improv <laughs> yes yes, and perhaps maybe there was no dialogue for him and he just made <laughs> which it which
0: is good because I met him in uh, improv 101 class at UCB. exactly
2: so he's putting that 101 <laughs> to good use
0: um i i we might watch that movie at some point per, mostly because i know that we can uh sit down with him and talk
2: that would be fun <laughs> um, oh, he's a good guy
0: so this movie again like i said it's uh it's part of this film series let's see how many how many uh slumber party there were three slumber party movies okay interestingly enough all three directed by uh women
2: interesting i am i correct in that amy holden jones both directed and produced this film
0: um, yeah, and as far as I know produced is she that's her producer credit, but mm-hmm. you know how it goes there's a thousand producers on this movie, and the distributor and main producer at the end of the day is gonna be Roger Corman, no matter where he's billed in the um in the crew, he's gonna be essentially the main producer, but yeah, it was produced and directed by her um a little background on on her. <clears throat> uh let 's see this is this is again from the wikipedia because there's a there 's a lot of information on on these movies but it 's like sporadic and i and I want to know more I need to get a hold of the blu ray of this because I know it 's out there and it 's got to have some sort of material on it because sure. there's this is a weird one of those franchises that i 'm very that i 've heard about forever but never like dove into because mm-hmm. it 's just part of the heap when it comes to slasher movies really um so she's uh she was an editor. Uh, which really tell you can tell from watching this movie, and we 'll talk about that too, and she wanted to direct, so she asked um Francis Dole for advice, who I believe is also listed as a producer on this um, <clears throat> he gave her a number of scripts and she chose one that would become slumber party massacre, mm. so when she read it, this movie was called don 't open the door
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and she went and directed the she made the first three scenes. To try and get some, uh, you know, funding behind it. So she went and shot the the first three scenes. Uh, her husband is a cinematographer, which makes a lot of sense as well.
2: This is all making mm-hmm. so much sense. And
0: then uh, they acquired uh, equipment and film and hired actors from UCLA. Okay. So uh, after they shot the stuff for about a, a weekend, they shot for about a thousand bucks. She showed the stuff to Roger Corman, and he agreed to finance the film. Now, here's the interesting thing. So that's how she got the movie. She's already been editing at this point. She turned down um she had to turn down an editing job to direct this movie and that editing job was Steven Spielberg's E.T.
2: Oh my. <laughs> so she
0: was going to edit E.T., but instead directed Slumber Party Massacre. And to be honest, okay, so there's very level of there's very there's a very level. There's a very um um positive part of that in that, you know, do your thing, mm-hmm. make the thing, your make your passion project. Um but you did make Slumber Party Massacre at the end of the day, so over editing ET. So that's an interesting question. Would you rather have directed Slumber Party Massacre or edited ET?
2: That's a really tough question because I want to add the I would want to add director to my to my resume right. to my IMDb page. I honestly think she back then
0: she probably did the right thing. Hmm. Um, but she could have edited ET.
2: But she could have edited ET, which would have been amazing for her editing career.
0: That's true. Well, so that's that's how she got the movie, but I want to talk to you for a second about the um about how about the uh, the the writing of this movie. I don't know if you did a lot of research into this.
2: No, I really didn't. I um I was very pleased to see that it was written and directed by both females. Sure. Which made me very happy and, you know, set my hopes a little higher than I maybe should have let them get.
0: So the direct, the 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 lady who wrote this is Rita Mae Brown. Mm-hmm. Now Rita Mae Brown is a writer, activist and feminist. Um she wrote the novel Ruby Fruit Jungle and she's also a mystery writer. She's written a bunch of a uh, series of mystery novels. Mm-hmm. Uh she is let's see. She's received grants from National Endowment for the Arts. Um for for writing, she's nominated for an Emmy. Um, let's see, for writing different miniseries. Let's see, she's she's won a lot of awards, and she's also um, she's even got it. She's got a uh, honorary doctorate from Wilson College. She's definitely nice. a feminist um, icon and activist, particularly sure. in, it seems in the writing and and journalism and art realm. Mm-hmm. Um, however, this movie she originally wrote as a, uh, a parody and it shows so the movie was written originally and entitled sleepless nights she okay. wrote it as a parody of slasher film because clearly when this movie came out we were witnessing the birth of this genre okay yeah um and we're also at the height of um of this sort of of the 70s like uh second wave feminism mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and I'm going to try to do my best to get the uh, all the terms right for all of the different types of uh, feminism and whatnot that we're dealing with here. Now, I'm not saying that this is second or first wave feminism because I don't understand the differences off the top of my head. If you told them to me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, exactly. Sure. But what I'm saying is this is that post-60s wave of feminism. We're going into the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Women are becoming more... Um, are getting more into the the job world at this point, particularly as we move into the 80s and and the business Mm -hmm, side of things. And, mm -hmm. you know, we have yuppie land beginning. We're able to get credit cards. Right. And, uh, (laughs) well, so this clearly comes from that that sort of viewpoint. Sure. Because we have this feminist activist writer who is seeing all these slasher movies come out. And it's probably creating a lot of anger. Because I don't know about you, this movie seems like it was written from a place – Um, an angry place.
2: The movie is very, it feels very passive aggressive to me.
0: Uh, Yeah. And it's very, um, it there's, there's a lot of mean spirited in this movie. Oh yeah. But not in a way that's, that's in a way that's sort of hokey. And I think that comes from it originally being written as a parody.
2: Yeah. It's not quite bitter, but it's Mm -hmm. maybe a little sour,
0: but it's sort of got this, it's got this token stereotypical feminist vibe from the seventies. It does. It's got a very bra burning, uh, it's got a very bra-burning, like, not necessarily a full man-hate uh, wave of feminism, mm-hmm.
2: but the boys are kind of dumb. But it's there, yeah. The women genuinely aren't wearing bras.
0: Yes, it's a. It's got a very um. What's the word? Yeah, it, it's it's like a um. It's very face value.
2: Sure. You know what I mean? It's yeah. very
0: like if you looked up the definition of feminist. In a nineteen mm-hmm. seventies dictionary, it's
2: very textbook. It's very surface, mm-hmm. um, in a lot of you know ways. But there's a few there. There are a few standouts for me that I oh for sure thoroughly enjoyed. Well,
0: the the um, the movie was picked up by some producers. I'm Assuming whoever, not Corman, mm-hmm. <coughs> but I mean, let's be honest. Let's let's look at where the direction went and what Roger Corman's doing with this. But it was, it was picked up by whoever. Optioned it, I'm sure, um, mm-hmm. and and then they wanted to change it to a more serious horror film, and uh, supposedly this was against the wishes of Rita Mae Brown, which would make sense, because she really clearly wrote it as a lampoon of of this genre, right? Sure. That is at this point being viewed as an insanely like um, chauvinistic genre that is very anti woman because a lot of the characters are and the the people getting killed are female, and we've had this this has been a discussion for years and years and years. And when you really break down a lot of these movies and look at them, usually the protagonist and the winner at the end of the movie, even if the bad guy is still alive, is usually a woman. Mm-hmm. And that's how we have this final girl trope. Yep. And, you know, we've since been able to look at these things more, um, analytically and see what the, um, and see what the, the real motivation is mm-hmm. in terms of putting these characters, particularly female characters into these positions.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that's an interesting take because because I'm really just trying to get inside the headspace of Rita Mae Brown when sure. she wrote this.
2: See, I wish that there was more of the original script in this because I enjoyed the moments of humor, and I wish that there was more of it. Well, and, and
0: that's my concern. And is looking and in looking into the background of this, I can't. I don't know where where the parody parts begin and end. Sure. Um, because a lot of the things they did in this movie could have been viewed um, through either lens. Mm-hmm. And and part of me is glad we didn't get the parody version because I don't think it would have been funny.
2: Sure. Especially from a 1982 parody. And it's not mm-hmm. uncommon. Early in a decade is when we do parodies of our last decade. Yeah. Um, look at 2002 is when we started having, you know, scary movie and mm-hmm. those kind of things really took off. Mm-hmm. And... This is kind of the same reaction to the 70s. And there are some ways that she has, that, that remain where they've turned it on its head in a slight parody way. But I think that there's a, a tasteful way to do a parody. Sure.
0: And it's also the a direct reaction of current at sure. this point. You know, we're looking at, um, we're on the heels of Halloween.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we're really getting into the the big boom of slasher movies in the eighties. So she's doing tropey things. Mm-hmm. Um, the other question is that I have about this is who actually did the adaptation? Who wrote this? That part? I don't know.
2: See that. I'm not sure because they're still giving Rita Mae Brown, the, the writing soul credit, writing credit, um, which tells me that it was probably so many people they couldn't give anyone Correct. That so many people had their
0: hands in it that they didn't change enough for it to legally be able to be changed.
2: No one wrote more than 50% of the script. Or at least not one person did. Yes. exactly.
0: But in total, the group of people wrote more than she did. Sure. is Is what I think happened. But according to the rules... Unless you can prove that you wrote X percent of it as exactly. a single person, that doesn't make a difference. So
2: because the script is registered, and you have to cha- you have to prove that you wrote X amount uh, right. more to gain your name on that registration. And
0: the reason I say that is because a lot of the things that are played for to be serious in this movie are clearly a parody mm-hmm. of things that she things that she parodied in her original script. But why the tone sometimes doesn't work is because they're playing it straight. So they're playing the scene straight, but leaving her gag in Mm -hmm. and the gag is supposed to be played straight now, but it's such a goofy tropey gag Mm -hmm. and it's such a direct, and it goes back to this, what I'm talking about, about having this, um, a feminist writer, write a parody of a genre and then turn that genre serious. It makes her look kind of like an idiot Mm -hmm. because her jokes are not deeper than, um, sort of base level metaphor. Sure, and, and that's what I thought was so weird is like, so you have a so this movie just to set it up and you can watch it's it's an interesting watch it's very short, is about a, uh, girls have a slumber party and a killer a crazy killer escapes from prison and he kills people but he uses his tool of choice is a big drill, mm-hmm. now it doesn't take a, a ro- it doesn't take a rocket surgeon <laughs> it doesn't take a rocket scientist to um to work out that she. Wrote this as a parody, so she purposefully used this male killer with Mm -hmm. a giant long drill bit, Mm -hmm. which is clearly a a phallic Mm -hmm. symbol.
2: And there's at least one shot from between his legs. There is specific, and we'll get to that. That is a very (laughs) that is a very
0: clear on the nose. That is a hat on a hat on a hat. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's he's killing and penetrating with his big phallic drill. That I don't understand how it works because it's not battery powered. And it's had the uh, cord cut off, mm-hmm.
2: um, and it's giant. We're talking um,
0: huge, like four foot long.
2: Yeah, we're talking commercial construction. We're putting holes through giant steel.
0: And and I'm shocked there wasn't a compensating for something joke, which there might have been in the original one because it's clearly a penis compensation. Sure, like you can. It doesn't take Freud to analyze this. No, and um,
2: especially when he mainly. Uh, you know, kills women. Yes,
0: but he does kill men too. And then what is interesting to me as well is like, so you have this equal opportunity killer, um, who will penetrate either gender, Mm -hmm. but prefers, but has this, this clear, he's clearly getting sexual arousal out of killing with his drill. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's, it's very on the nose, Mm -hmm. but I wonder how much of that is tainted by the fact that we're so aware of that trope and we're Mm -hmm. so aware of, um, of that, of the psychology of, of you know, male we're, killers and stuff like that in this society.
2: We're definitely more enlightened and uh, studied eye than it was That's originally intended.
0: So my question, but the, but the problem is knowing that it was supposed to be a parody. Mm-hmm. Is that stuff that is just left over from the parody where she wasn't trying to be super deep about it? You know what I mean? She was trying to put it on front street to be like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, we know what you're doing here," because there have been books written about this, and particularly in horror movies, um, and and it, it and and with normal just serial killer stuff. You know what I mean? There is mm-hmm. so much to. Uh, the penetration with a knife penetration with a bullet penetration mm-hmm. with an object mm-hmm. it's about power and control and penetration mm-hmm. and there's a lot of there's even like um there's a lot of sexual assault allegory in this movie that is weirdly played almost yes. as if it's a parody mm-hmm. you know what i mean like um and and we'll get into that but but that's the kind of issue that you're having when you're watching this movie as far as tone and stuff goes, because it does, you can tell that this was supposed to be a parody, but also, but then every time they do something that was clearly from the parody, it's so on the nose that it takes you out of it.
2: Well, it does. It makes it very confusing and it makes it so that you're not quite sure um, if you're supposed to laugh or be afraid. Mm -hmm. Um, Thankfully the score is very direct. So it, Absolutely the score tells is. Tells you what to feel. The
0: score is right out of a like, uh, William Castle, you know, movie from the, the 50s. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's it organ music. Yes. It, it's like, it's like a gothic horror soundtrack mm-hmm. on this movie that is a slasher movie that was originally written as a parody. Which
2: is why one of my notes after I finished watching this was, you don't, you can absolutely watch this movie while doing something else.
0: You yeah. You don't need to know. Because so what, what is very, I will give, um, Amy Holden Jones, a lot of credit in some ways. So this is clearly a first feature, Mm -hmm. but that's not a bad thing. She's clearly an editor. So each one of her little scenes... Is great.
2: You can tell when she got excited about something.
0: Yeah. When you take, when you take her, like the way her scenes move is really good. There's a lot of motion to it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, uh, she clearly shot them visually to tell the story that she wanted to within the scene Mm -hmm. and try to elicit the emotion she wanted to elicit every single emotion except tension. And that's the one problem she had in this movie. Yes. She does not know how to build and hold tension. She knows how to build tension. She doesn't know how to release it and then hold it again
2: sure and
0: such an interesting like the and such a reason that we like slasher movies as a society and the stalking slash genre is that it's a lot of tension 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 break the tension whether or not mm-hmm. it's supposed to be broken by the killer or anything or it's a fake out and then we get right back to the tension and we let the we let it sit for a second and simmer and then we build the tension again slowly on you and then we we break the tension again and freak yeah. you out it 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 always in this movie she tries to build some tension it doesn't quite succeed at it. Clearly tries to break the tension, which she usually succeeds at breaking the tension. Mm-hmm. But then she will immediately try to bring the tension back on, but doesn't properly like now that she's broken the tension, she's con- she's let it all out and hasn't closed. Does that make sense? She hasn't like closed the door on mm-hmm. it. So if it's like a if, if tension is a expanding and con- and shrinking tunnel, a vagina
2: okay the
0: canal see look see we're making connections here yes um no uh the
2: <laughs> i was thinking a if, balloon she's not putting a, gas back in the balloon she's <laughs> yes, not
0: exactly uh but what i'm saying is like so with the the analogy of a of a tunnel it's it's, it's widened out and then when and then she breaks tension. you got to close that tunnel off right before mm-hmm. you can let it widen out again what's well, like once she's widened the tunnel out she can't remember how to close it off <laughs> And she can't quite get it small kind enough. Kind of wobbly, and yeah. She can I keep thinking about vaginas now. Yeah. I made that metaphor, and now everything is about vaginas. Do so. we need
2: to pause this and go take care of some demons, and then oh, Jesus come Christ. back? And... I gotta go
0: release some demons.
2: <laughs> no. I, see, it's interesting that you say that, though, because yeah. there's two things. One, there's so many um fake outs and like things where I'm just like, oh. Okay.
0: Which is good, real quick, and and a a good juxtaposition from the last couple of movies we watched where we wanted there to be a fake out so bad. Exactly. And there wasn't one.
2: And there wasn't. Um, The other thing is is that I genuinely felt the shift of when the, after the first three or so scenes, the movie changed. And it Mm -hmm. very much, I wasn't sure if there was a stoppage in shooting, which clearly there technically was because she used the first three scenes to shop it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And then it also felt like, oh, this must have been a fight of the dailies because it felt like there were things that were trying to be done and experimented with that were just chokeholded by something. And I couldn't understand what it was. And now I realize it was because the script was fighting with itself. Mm -hmm. It clearly had a fight with several writers. Right. um, And producers. Because the
0: scenes don't really connect. But within the scene... She's doing a lot of the right things.
2: Mm-hmm. We're going through the right motions. We're mm-hmm. we're, we're taking the right steps. It it's looks just good. Not, this
0: movie looks really good. It's
2: just not a cohesive dance. It's just yeah. not. There's a lot of moments where I'm like, cool, I don't care.
0: The direction decision visually is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, within, like I said, within scenes, it's stringing them together that this movie has a problem with.
2: And it could have had a couple more um, movements for me. There's a lot of where, for me, she was built... Like, I know that her intention was to build tension. Mm-hmm. However, it didn't, you know, build tension. She
0: fails at it at pretty much every attempt. Yes. And, again, I don't know if that's a product of the script or whatever, because it seems like she's trying to build the tension visually with what she has. Mm-hmm. But the things that happen within the scene are not working. Right. And that's kind of the, the problem is like, and there's a good example early on in the movie and we'll get to that, but let's, let's go ahead and jump into the movie. Sure. Because I think we've, we've given everybody their due at this point because I really do want to, want to, want to say that they're like really point out what these, what the people, particularly the women that were making this movie were attempting to do. Mm -hmm. And I want to know how much of that was tampered by producers, Mm -hmm. male producers, um, Mm -hmm. uh, male or i mean male or not it just like at this point i'm going like producers well, period it was a
2: pretty small budget it was maybe a quarter million dollars yeah maybe
0: and um and you can, and you can kind of tell they they were able to get some good locations mm-hmm. this is clearly shot in los angeles probably looks like pasadena. pasadena to
2: me the bungalows are beautiful and
0: that again i think comes from a parody of um halloween
2: exactly which takes place in South Pasadena. Pasadena. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: which is shot in South Pasadena. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it looks kind of like it also kind of looks like Angelino Heights a little bit.
2: It does. And then
0: occasionally you see Los Feliz. Yeah.
2: And it's very um you know, it it's a pretty film.
0: Yeah, it it's I like the
2: way it's shot. The
0: color is great. It's got that like early 80s look to it. Yes. Um and and, and like I said every scene looks good it's well framed it's well uh composed Mm -hmm.
2: um however it's another movie about some yuppies these are sort of kind of i mean it's not about them being yuppies but Mm -hmm. they're they're not hurting they're no they're in wonderfully large historical homes and Mm -hmm. everyone's parents are out of town for the weekend yep and all their boyfriends have cars and
0: the interesting thing about this when we talk about that that to me is that um before we dig in, did you notice that all of the characters were trying to, they're trying she's trying to bring in tropey stereotypes, mm-hmm. but literally every one of these girls could have been either one, any of these girls. Yes. They were interchangeable, um, down to, down to, um, down to race. Sure. She shoved in uh, one African American character, Jackie. But uh, uh, yes, Jackie, and but she doesn't really matter either. No, nope. and not, and she doesn't matter because she doesn't matter. She doesn't not matter because she's African American. She not she doesn't matter because none of the characters matter. None of the characters. Which matter. is another interesting thing. So it's like it's almost like, and this may be just crazy to say out loud, but it's almost like in a better written movie they were trying to bring the racism. But in these movies that are like real, not well, like not well put together, mm-hmm. they don't even realize that they're not, not even trying. they're not even, they're not, they're not, there's like less r- weird racism in these movies than there is in the well-written movies, which makes me think that they're trying to write the racism in. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to create a stereotypical character where when you, when you see it in the time period and it's never, and it's never in a thing in this mm-hmm. neighborhood at this mm-hmm. time, it's like, you guys weren't even keyed into the stereotypes at the time. You aren't thinking about your characters at all. Now that's not saying that it's a good thing to have the stereotypes, but I'm saying that you can, you can tell these other writers are writing in these stereotypes because they think that that's what a character is, Mm -hmm. but it shows that they don't have any concept of character to temper
2: it also shows that you know what i mean there it's such a weird thing to defend no connection between the script and the casting yes it and was more of a are you willing to do a shower scene
0: yes thing. and it's so odd to see because it shows you that they don't have like it's not good for them to be stereotypical and racist however that is show in this time period in particular it's showing that the writer at least is thinking about the character mm-hmm. whether or not their thoughts are correct mm-hmm. and in this they don't think about it at all so you're right the casting has nothing to do with the character because there is not really a character no and it shows so much when you look at the way they're handling race or not handling race at a time where you're constantly handling race mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so weird to me
2: it is it, it is and it's that's why but this I,
0: movie does handle genders in, does. A really para, para, um, in a really paradoxical No, because it's not a paradox, but it's a parody in a very, in a lampooned Uh, way. Okay. Like, and and I don't know if that was entirely intentional, but we'll get to it. Let's jump into it. I I don't want to take any more time on this because this movie is not long, not difficult, and there's a lot of weird shit in it.
2: Well, we open in a a beautiful Pasadena, I'm assuming, uh, neighborhood, and there's a kid delivering bike.
0: Right to the title, by the way.
2: Yeah, we start straight out.
0: We see a beautiful sky, and then this title pops up.
2: Immediate title card, and we have a kid delivering newspapers on his bike. Mm -hmm. And we get to see. And there's organ
0: music over these LA houses, and that's such a weird vibe because we talked about that music, but it's totally confusing for a slasher movie because it's gothic.
2: It is. It's really bizarre. Um, You see
0: the newspaper?
2: Our headline reads, Mass Murderer of Five, Russ Thorne Escapes. And I really couldn't help but think of the good old days when mass murders were only five people
0: i know right and 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 they hit us with that exposition real fast
2: immediately but they do an okay job our characters ignore it and they bring it up a lot
0: it gets brought up constantly and our characters never notice that it's happening because this is a time period before we have any real social media we have any like Mm -hmm. any connectivity you're
2: not getting amber alerts on your phone it's just the news and
0: the radio and the tv Mm -hmm. and those aren't everywhere no. And they're not paying attention to it, which Correct. is really interesting to me to see. Well, when because you're an
2: kid, you're not paying attention to that kind of thing. Well,
0: when you don't have access to it all the right. time.
2: When it's not in your face all the time.
0: But they hit, okay, so what I, here's one of the things I did like about this movie. I like that they get to the titles real quick. Mm-hmm. I like that they show a lot of exposition through just having, like just having a, a kid ride a bicycle uh, delivering papers through a suburban neighborhood. That tells you so much. Mm-hmm. Put that on top of the title. All right. I know where we're going. Mm-hmm. You quickly show me a newspaper that says escape guy. The guy escapes. Mm-hmm. Who he's killed. How dangerous he was. Mm-hmm. And what the stakes are. You hit hit us with that quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm um,
2: expecting you to follow up with some tension.
0: Yes. And they don't. So that you, they cut to a radio.
2: Well, they cut to our radio, it's an alarm goes off, and I'm excited because right away we get boobs.
0: Did you catch the did you catch the radio um the radio yes. station name? Their call sign was K D E D, to which I wrote to Try Harder.
2: Try harder. Also, I like that it kicks on with a scream mm-hmm. um and then we learn that it's a girl who's just winning something. However, yeah. I think it sets a great it's a parody tone of And so is K D E D. These are parody things.
0: These are all leftover parody bits.
2: Yes. And uh, our protagonist changes into a sundress. She's boobs, bo- like you said, at yep. two minutes. Yeah, I, we got I was two stoked.
0: minute boobs. There are great nude scenes in this movie.
2: There's just not enough of them. I don't
0: know, man. There's a, well, it, it starts. It's boobs heavy at the, from the first like half hour. There's
2: two great boob scenes in the beginning. Were quick, and then there's a third one. Yeah, in the midpoint. They, that's yeah, that's right. So, um. After our uh, boobs and our lead character Trish throws on a sundress, she starts packing up some toys in her bedroom into a paper sack.
0: And this character clearly loves horses, mm-hmm. sports,
2: and dolls. She's and white that's girl. it.
0: Yes. She is a white girl in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. She loves horses, sports, and dolls. And the the sports is the sort of the misnomer, but as we're gonna see, all of the women in this movie are athletic as hell. Yes. Okay.
2: Um, This is an, uh, the the second place where we get to hear about the radio reporting on the police search mm-hmm. for our escapee. And
0: she comes downstairs with her bag of dolls.
2: Yeah, and it's kind to of to talk confusing. to her parents. But what it is is that she's seeing her parents off. They have to head out of town. Right. They're loading up the car. They gotta go. This is where we get to meet Creepo Neighbor. And I have the the creepy neighbor man. Creepy neighbor dude. And what is his name? Mister Content.
0: Okay, Mr. see. Content? I thought his name was Mr. Contact.
2: Same because they say it so quickly. I had to turn on subtitles to check his name. It's
0: Content. Yes. Content. Content. Con. Mr. A-N-T. Content.
2: And it's. It. I think it's supposed to sound like contact because you know he wants to touch her.
0: Yeah, he was real creepy from the beginning, and he looks like a he he. The actor is playing him like a bit. He is. And I'm like, okay, so this is clearly from the parody.
2: I feel like the actors read the first script and are acting based on that.
0: But also, he never does anything like he does creepy stuff, but it's all incidental.
2: I have some theories, though.
0: He's never, he's never, he's never shown I have as a malicious theory
2: because. So mom tells the daughter, you know, make sure you lock all the doors and windows. Watch she, out the gear. conversation she
0: has with her daughter is like she's having this conversation with a 13 year old.
2: It is. But I
0: mean, she's an she's a legal you'll adult.
2: Ladle, later, 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 <laughs> later, you'll find out if she had just listened to her mother. None of this would None have happened. None of this would have happened. Mm-mm. So it's there for a reason.
0: Also, we're opening on somebody who is not really our protagonist. Sure. In a way she is, but she's also kind of the bad guy. But in, in a the way, hierarchy.
2: Not. See, Diane's kind of the bad guy of the girls to me.
0: That's true. And technically all the girls are supposed to be we spend the most time with are the bad guys cuz Valerie, we'll get to that.
2: We will. Um Big thing of note from this scene as she's about to head off to school is that she throws her bags of toys in the trash bin and a male hand steals the Barbie from the trash.
0: And why did she choose to throw them away so fast? Like, she woke up knowing she was going to... So she had to... wait. This this was throwing me a lot. This is bumping me. So she woke up. Mm-hmm. She knew that she had to go see her parents off, who have been up for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know when she... Because she still has to go to school. I don't know when her parents got up, but she woke up. They were about to leave. They were done.
2: Yeah. They're packed she, up. They're she decided,
0: did she decide in advance that this was the day she was also going to throw away all her dolls?
2: I think that this is the day she's decided to grow up. She's mature enough to be left at home. Yeah. And she's having a slumber party with just her girlfriends. And they don't it's want her kind to of see a the dolls. sayonara to her childhood. Like good old times. Cause they talk about how in a, in our next scene, um ish our <laughs> girls talk about how like this is like a like a good old times kind of thing yeah and I, so what, i think what that i this think is, is her plan of like growing up she's trying to become a woman
0: well my question about that is would you have that character um would you have that character throw away those dolls or would you have that character um put them in a closet or something
2: no because it still shows her immaturity that she doesn't have the foresight that she would want to keep the dolls okay it shows that she still is the child that would throw them away hastily
0: yeah okay i see I, I i will follow you on that
2: i can create logic out of anything
0: yeah, and I know I know and I understand and I'm trying to I'm trying to create logic with you here. I'm just trying to follow their logic and think like if you were to rewrite this and make this movie better, which is all I did the whole time I watched this movie. I was oh, like, "Oh, yes. I would change this." Uh-huh. Wouldn't you give her wouldn't it give the character more of an identity to have her not be able to throw away the dolls and she just puts them in a closet because she's not the, quite ready? Because aren't you supposed to show aren't they you supposed gave to show that
2: with her not getting rid of the fluffy dog?
0: Okay. So she kept like one of them.
2: She did. And that creepy like jester doll that she pays no attention to that yeah. the Barbie is sitting on. It's real weird. That was the first thing I would have thrown really away, strange. but that's just me. More importantly is the male hand stealing the Barbie from the trash. <laughs> At the very last
0: second. Snap.
2: I have theory. Hmm. I don't think that's our murderer.
0: You think that's Mr. Contact? I do. Mr. Contact. We'll come back to it, Mr. but Con-Cack? I want I... John Contact, the basketball player. Sorry.
2: Wow. We'll come back to it because I do. I do. I think that's the neighbor. Um. So we get to the high school and our protagonist friends, mm-hmm. the dudes, start hitting on oh, the phone woman. Right. This
0: is where we meet our two gay male protagonists.
2: They are so gay. So you
0: picked up on that too, right? These two male. They these two male protagonists to be
2: into these women for the rest are, of the movie. Are
0: gay from the minute we meet them. Yep. You're like, oh, these are the two gay characters, and they're not the two gay characters. No. They are the male leads. Yes the only two male leads yes they are so gay and they're such in a gay they're such in a homosexual relationship with each other and it is clear from the beginning mm-hmm. and i just assumed it i was just like oh, okay so now we're gonna have our gay stereotypes right. no, no. No, no
2: no 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 that's no. no, no. And their ent- the, their entire mission is to prove to one another how straight and into women they that's are. that's
0: all they do the whole movie is they spend their time and that makes me go back to uh is this part of the parody did she write these characters constantly trying to prove their masculinity to each other?
2: I don't know.
0: Because it seems like it, right? It, it does. It seems like she purposely said, okay, these characters are going to spend their whole time trying to prove how masculine they are, which happens in these movies all the time, mm-hmm. but they're clearly gay.
2: Sure. These guys are, they're tryhards.
0: Everyone in this movie protests too much. Yes. And, and that feels like a touch of parody that it is does. trying to be played seriously. And it is confusing. And I think the actors are confused because these guys played it very. Um,
2: I think the actors are confused because they're also UCLA students.
0: Are they though? Because I didn't. Okay. This time, I honestly, I didn't dig as much into the, where these actors all came from as I do on some of these movies. Because I was like, I don't even recognize any of these people.
2: I believe that some of them are. Okay. Um. Not all. But so,
0: like you said, they're hitting on this the most attractive um, uh, phone woman, phone print. They keep calling they call her, f- her the phone, woman, the phone woman.
2: Which I was, I thought that was very enlightened. At least they weren't calling her the phone girl.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like if you can hit me with the phone woman or phone lady. Yes. Let's give give me that before phone
2: glass girl. it up and they help or, her out. or you know
0: the old standby phone bitch
2: phone bitch. Um, they help her out by uh, carrying her ladder yeah. and hitting on her. And I really love that while she's...
0: She's working this jumpsuit, by the way.
2: Oh, she looks great. Um, <laughs> She is marveling in the fact that she still has it and these high school boys are hitting on her. And that's when she, unbeknownst to her, gets snatched by a guy that's hiding in her uh, yeah.
0: van. So we've already met the murderer now.
2: I love that there's a victim right away.
0: But in in, in and this is what this is also what bothered me though so the phone woman is murdered there's no tension here nope and then this is where i first realized like genuinely realized this was written for a comedy this
2: was written for a comedy because as the guys are walking away having Frankly, kind of a meaningless conversation. Yes, we see her in the background pounding against the window, pleading for help, help,
0: help, help, help. help. And, and they didn't, they didn't do anything to build tension with any nope, of this. No, nope. because they're not in any danger.
2: Gets it with this drill. Yes,
0: yeah, she gets, she gets fully. And this is the first time, also, that it, this is clearly a, um, this is clearly a sexual assault analogy. Yes, because this is,
2: the drill is so large. She is being, she is, and,
0: and, and sorry, trigger warning for people who don't like this word, but we've got to use it because of the context of this movie. She's clearly being raped by the drill. Yes. Like that is the analogy that they're making mm-hmm, here. And mm-hmm. it's, blatantly clear
2: mm-hmm. and shortly we'll see that it was the drill between the eyes that got her
0: <laughs> yeah wasn't the other drills that she took no but she's so at no point is there any actual like sex in this movie no there's but every but every murder is very sexual
2: in fact we, and it's not played we,
0: he's not actually raping anybody no it is not a sexual assault in that in those terms it's not penetrative that way but his every one of his murders is extremely and sexually we'll aggressive he's pretty simple by the end, yeah, we do learn that he is a sexually aggressive sort of um you know thrill killer.
2: I was also really at this point, I was pretty tickled by his sweet Canadian tuxedo because okay. he's wearing head to toe denim with cowboy boots that's right
0: um and what I picked up on and I didn't pick up on it till the end, let me see if I can pull up this picture for you. um his costume is one hundred right? percent. Just what Arnold Schwarzenegger is wearing in Last Action Hero.
2: That's amazing.
0: Like, uh, for example, look at the poster for Last Action Hero. Mm -hmm, mm
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: so this guy is wearing our killer. Black
2: cowboy boots. He's wearing
0: black cowboy boots, tight blue jeans. Yep, a red shirt. A red shirt, and then a matching, a denim jacket that is matching his Levi's. Yes. And if you watch the movie Last Action Hero... It's basically what Arnold Schwarzenegger is wearing. Now I guess he wears a brown coat in that movie. But they it's the same vibe.
2: It is. It is. It's very token. Um and later I'll I'll ask if he blinks. I don't know that our murderer blinks.
0: No, and he's got this real um he has a very he has this very like standard, um, Horror movie killer in that period, kind of look on his face where he's he looks deranged all the time. Yes, but the, my biggest problem with him is they show him all the time, so much full body,
2: so much broad daylight, and I'm like, how do these bitches not see him?
0: Well lit, and he's all over every newspaper and television and radio, but no one recognizes or notices him. No, and I'm not even talking about just our our the people in the movie, like the like our, like our the people we know. Sure, it, there's no in this universe. No one knows, notices him in broad daylight.
2: No. And actually, as we follow our guys inside, they come to the girls playing basketball and we meet the basketball, their gym coach.
0: And I haven't seen basketball this fierce since the basketball episode of The Office.
2: I am <laughs> fixated on these high waisted short shorts.
0: Yes. Oh, they're basically wearing bikinis. They they're are, basically wearing one piece bathing suits.
2: Yeah, they're wearing the shortest and they, Sophie shorts. They
0: took all their dribbling advice from Stanley on The Office, because every one of them does the thing where they dribble with their fingertips pulled all back Mm -hmm. and and kind of smack smack at the ball with one hand behind them. Uh It is Hilarious.
2: Well, you know, that it's like it's like tits up, ladies. Oh, you gotta play. Tits some of up. them,
0: no one's wearing a sports bra because I don't no. think those exist. I don't do they? think that
2: they. Ex- I don't think that anyone's wearing a bra in this movie.
0: No, in the sport, I was looking for bras in the basketball scene because it looked like they weren't wearing bras, and I wanted to make a note of it. But I was like, I can't make that distinction because some of them aren't, and some of them are.
2: Some of them aren't. Some of them are. the The early eighties was still a weird time for ladies lingerie. We'll We'll talk about this later. Boobs are different shapes.
0: And there, the, look, boobs the, change shapes because the bras change shapes. Correct. So every era has, and when you see nudity in a movie, boobs always look different. Hmm. Um. There are some good. Okay, so there's some great boobies. There are some great boobs in this movie. There is some great. there's some great nudity when there is nudity. Yes. Everyone in this nu- in this movie who it gets naked is attractive. Hmm. And sometimes you watch these and it's like, oh, this is an attractive person, but then when they get naked in the movie, you're like. Uh, this is a weird time period thing or they get naked and it's like oh she's got like it's all fake boobs this is this is uh this is big naturals territory it is and small naturals and and medium naturals
2: and everything in between but what's great is that (laughs) it it, none of it is obscene I would say that if you're, like, if you have kids, say you have kids that are, like, in their early teens and you can just, like, be like, oh, cover your eyes or, like, get over it. You know what happens. Yeah. You could watch this with them. There's Certainly. no Bush. There's no, well,
0: there's a little bit. Is there a little bit? Maybe a little oh, bit. Maybe it's a little natural. Bush. Look, man, it's long butts and nat- natural toddies. You totties. know what? I
2: think that kids can look at Bush. They just don't need to see, like, a full Brazilian, like, they don't need to see a grown woman's clean playing field
0: so they they uh they they keep playing basketball mm-hmm. uh i just i can't keep i can't get off the nudity because the beginning of this movie has such great nudity in it it really does so they I, we meet the basketball coach miss janna okay miss janna coach Jana, and she says something that makes me laugh really hard where she says at the end of basket so so this is we we start to get a little bit of our um dynamic mm-hmm. within these these uh this basketball game mm-hmm. so there's the new girl valerie mm-hmm. and you know her name's valerie because they say the name valerie 400 times they say hey valerie valerie this valerie that they say Non-stop. Valerie. did you realize her name was valerie it's valerie and she's
2: the only person whose name i know
0: right and so it's clear on the court that they're trying to not give her the ball but she's scoring all the time she's very good at basketball she's too good and it pisses off all the other girls mm-hmm. and there's your dynamic we mm-hmm. set that up and then the end of this scene is Coach says, "Hey, that concludes basketball varsity basketball tryouts. Next week we have varsity baseball, so get ready."
2: What is this? <laughs> I don't understand how seasons work. This
0: is how this we our basketball varsity basketball tryouts are right now at this time that seems like the fall, mm-hmm. and um that and that we've already been in school for a while, and don't get re- get ready because we're gonna have those fall varsity baseball get
2: ready for baseball ladies you know that sport you're not allowed to play and
0: their tryouts for varsity baseball yeah oh my god i didn't even think about the fact that they aren't that there is no women's baseball at this time they're softball yes but there's no women's baseball
2: no men are not at war we're only allowed to have a league of our own
0: this is weird hello there's no high school women's baseball in anywhere in 1982. Exist. Correct. That's weird. Okay, so that was a really strange like no one's ever seen sports before moment, but it seemed again it could have been part of the parody.
2: And now I have no idea what universe we are or No.
0: And and once I learned that this is a parody, this was originally a parody, I don't I don't trust anything in this movie.
2: No, I am officially suspicious. I feel like the fabric of the universe is being torn.
0: So, can we skip, can we push towards the nudity where we get our second amount of nudity at eight minutes?
2: Well, we immediately go to our shower scene shower scene, and I love the line opening our shower scene mm-hmm. so much because we hear a girl say, "You know, I think your tits are getting bigger, and it was res- the entire group responds simultaneously, mine I know I love it. I thought so it much. was so
0: funny, but so you have all this naked conversation there.
2: It is so long. Yeah.
0: The dialogue there is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And they they pan across um, the nudity at this point. Mm-hmm. And this is where I really do see that a female director made this.
2: Yeah, the women are very comfortable with one another. They're not sexualized.
0: And the shots, the actual camera work, did you notice how much care the camera work takes when there's a nude scene? Mm-hmm. When there's a nude scene, it is shot so and it's not shot any differently, but there's this intent with how the camera moves that isn't um overtly sexual at first mm-hmm. and then she like it's almost like she realized that she's making a tna movie because mm-hmm. they pan over and then she's and, and they're having a conversation and for no reason while she's soaping her butt crack up which she mm-hmm. does which is like that's the thing everyone who's showering is showering like a normal human being showers yeah, yeah. they're Except not for the fact like that they're
2: sharing a bar of soap which i don't know they're sharing a bar soap that's
0: weird maybe it was 1982 i don't know but they're showering kind of normally in these stalls literally like homegirl like full-on soaps up her ass crack at one Mm -hmm. point but you gotta get in there after and so yeah and so i commend them for not making them like feel on themselves Mm -hmm. needlessly Mm -hmm. so you you clearly see that this has a a very a woman's touch shooting this uh these nude women and and their bodies are celebrated in this way Mm -hmm. which is a good thing and then all of a sudden it's like she realizes that she's making a tna movie and the camera for no reason dips down Mm -hmm. to ass level and holds on her butt Mm -hmm. for like an inordinate amount of time before it pans back up yep and then on over to the next girl
2: make sure you get every inch of this one she's got pilates body
0: other than that yeah other than that weird butt thing that you can tell that this was directed by a woman Mm -hmm. and that that is actually a refreshing part of this movie but that weird butt thing threw me so bad Because it's like she needed the shot.
2: She did. And I feel like it was something that someone made her put in.
0: Well, I feel like she did it on purpose because when it pans over to the other girl at the end of the row, Mm -hmm. they cut away. But it seems like they pulled the camera down on her butt too. But they cut it out. Yeah. Because the way this camera movement happened, it moved over and then it very intentionally went down, back up, over. And Mm -hmm. then you can tell that it was going to go down again and they cut to... The reverse angle. Mm
2: -hmm. I feel like they did the same shot on every... I think they just went down the road. Mm -hmm.
0: Anyway, that was... It was so weird. Mm -hmm. But you know what I think it is? I think she did it to have the footage. Exactly. Because she's an editor. Mm -hmm. But when she put it out like that, it's like, oh, you sort of took away your thing because I don't think you were supposed to show the pan down. Mm -hmm. You just wanted coverage of butts. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I, I thought that was... That really stuck out to me. And this scene is... It's shot really well. Every scene is shot so well.
2: It's really it it's shot really well, but there's honestly not much point to the shower scene other than no. Trish is, c- comes up and awkwardly gives Val a compliment while she's showering of like yeah. hey, good game.
0: And then they have eyes at each other uh, or Diane and um Valerie mm-hmm. or Trish and Valerie have eyes at each other through over the
2: which is weird. Stalls. It is. Like
0: they're going to fight.
2: Yes. And so we, we move to our locker room. This is our um, next moment. We get to see a little bit more boobs. We get to see some panties. Mm-hmm. We're getting dressed. Everybody's getting dressed. And we know that Valerie's on the other side of the lockers. And Diane is just straight trash talking Valerie. Oh, yeah. She wants nothing to do with her. It is not Diane's problem <laughs> that is, Valerie got transferred to this school.
0: And this is not a big locker room. No. They act shocked when they realize she heard everything.
2: And When you're in high school, you're aware of who's right around the corner right. because it's the same every day.
0: And then they go around the corner to, quote, invite her to the party.
2: Yeah, so Trish goes and invites her As to a bit. the party. And then she's like butt hurt when she turns her down and she's all like, she She's heard. like
0: crying and turns her down. And she and they turn around and she's like, they, she heard us. Of course she fucking heard you. You were talking real loud in a tiny locker room full yes. of metal. It reverberates.
2: Everyone knows that you're being a bitch about your all girls party and they make a, this is where they, they make a point to let us know. It's like, it's like old times, just girls. Yeah. Diane doesn't want to let that slide because she's our horny friend.
0: But none of these tropes, none of the tropes of the, none of the um, stereotypes are well defined and none of the, uh, um, none of these girls who are supposed to be kind of the bitchy girls like the mm-hmm. clicky sort of, um, they
2: seem popular.
0: Yeah, that's not really well defined because they're not really that mean to her. No, at any point, they shit talk her, but they're not like mean to her. No, to the point where they invited her to their party.
2: One of the biggest complaints is that she's too perfect. Yeah. Cool.
0: Her biggest fault. Yeah her her biggest strength is that she works too hard. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. her her. You know, her biggest her biggest flaw is that she's too good at everything. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't really show in her character either. No. Because as we're going to learn, Valerie, who's in this movie a lot, is extremely, extremely unimportant until the last three minutes of the film.
2: Yeah, she's not needed.
0: So this is where they all leave the, mm-hmm. the, the locker room and mm-hmm. they're going out to their car.
2: Mm-hmm. Everybody's leaving the school in their parking lot. Um, there's, Russ is just creeping in the phone woman's van. He's just chilling in the van. Yeah. And we see him. We see him chilling in the van. Um, but then.
0: Did they run into their gay friends yet?
2: Their, the gay friends are walking out with them.
0: Yeah. Okay. So they, they meet up with them as they're walking out. Mm-hmm. Who we learn their names are Jeff and something else. Yes. That um, I can't remember right now.
2: This is also where we learn that the, uh, phone woman is dead in the dumpster. So Russ yes. moved her body to the dumpster. He's leaving her there,
0: which is which. To be honest, um, doesn't follow any of the his patterns throughout the rest of the movie. Nope,
2: not at all. Um, but then there's a girl that has to run back into the school because she forgot something.
0: That would be Linda. So this is where our tropes really start. So we're gonna see again that this feels all of these things are tropey in a parody way. Mm-hmm. She does the I'll be right back. Yep. all right well Linda's gonna die
2: yep so coach Jana is the responsible one she sees her and she tells her to hurry up because they're Mm -hmm. gonna be locking up soon um Because
0: she's got to get ready for baseball she, tryouts next week.
2: Exactly. And we get to see Coach Jana walking out, and we notice the van's empty.
0: Yeah, the van's empty. And, and this is a little bit of tension because at first you're like, wait a minute, are they going to do a misdirect? And is this going to be where Coach Jana gets it? Right. But she I doesn't. think
2: that Coach Jana's going to get it. And then I realize the van's empty, and I'm like, oh, nope. We're going with Linda back in the school.
0: And we see, so I actually really love this shot. We get that high, wide shot of the gym from the mm-hmm. rafters. That's I thought that was beautiful. cool. And then here's – we don't see the killer walk yet, right? Because he does walk in broad daylight in a second. Spoiler.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What, what I thought was good about that shot. So it shows her going across the gym. Mm-hmm. She gets her thing. She goes back across the gym. Um, and then that shot cuts to her walking in a hallway, to her in a close-up, mm-hmm. to her in POV. Mm-hmm. So that is really smart. We're trying to build tension. We have a big wide shot. So now we're going to make you a little more claustrophobic and show you that she's in a smaller room. Mm-hmm. We're going to be even more claustrophobic with a close-up of her face. And then we're going to give you a close-up of her looking out the door to the outside, which mm-hmm. is safety. So mm-hmm. now you've shown the audience that this is a big world. It's getting smaller. Uh-oh, this is not good. There's... Safety is right there, just on the other mm-hmm. side of that door. You've shown it. And then you show the POV of the killer. Mm-hmm. Not the POV. You show the, the killer in third person walking behind her, so now he's entered the the, the mm-hmm. frame. Now, after this, no more tension, because they show the bad guy immediately.
2: Yes. We see him, his drill. We know what she's in for.
0: Yep. He tries to get her. He gets her a little bit, and she's bleeding, and yep. she runs away. He
2: gets her on the arm, and then we get into the slowest speed chase.
0: And none of this is shot in close-ups to build tension at all. It's wide shots yep. and medium shots of them straight up just chasing each other real slowly.
2: Mm-hmm. We have a casual walk towards a shoe sale. Not too exciting. We don't really need anything. They're all out of season. Yeah. I, I wrote
0: down, they really just show the slasher full body in broad daylight the whole yep. damn time. Yes, they do. So this is why you can't have tension. And this is why um, I, I talk about how you, once they break tension, they can't rebuild it mm-hmm. because they're too careless about how much they show the She's, antagonist. We're
2: more concerned about getting coverage of what's happening rather than how we're shooting it. Editor. Yes.
0: That's the thing. She got so much coverage and so many options mm-hmm. that she cut together a very convincing story in this scene, mm-hmm. but it doesn't elicit tension. No. It'll, it tells the story without drawing you in. Mm-hmm. So it's beautifully done. But not correct,
2: hmm So our girl hides under a uh, under the shower room supply counter. Sure. she's bleeding out
0: so much that but she's still got a lot of energy.
2: She is great. I really enjoyed the shot where uh, Russ just looks the other way and she grabs the towel off mm-hmm. the countertop. That was good. See that was this, great is,
0: shot. this is this is good. Mhm This is textbook.
2: And then a few minutes later, because it feels like an eternity, he finally sees the blood coming out from underneath the door. And
0: that I had a problem with because she starts sopping up that blood. She would have no idea and not think at all that the pool of blood she's making, he's going to see it. No. So that's a weird psychological phenomenon. So we have this psychological phenomenon as humans that when something comes out of us, whether it's blood or... Or you get your gut, you get impaled, and like your guts fall out, or whatever. You want to put it back in, mm-hmm. like that is a natural thing. That thing is supposed to be inside me. So sometimes when people go into shock, they try to put the blood back in, mm-hmm. or whatever. Like it's it's a common like it's a natural trauma thing. Su- thing.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a but, survival thing.
0: But she's doing it. In order to keep him from seeing the blood drip pool under the floor,
2: but if she's like, why wouldn't she? If she's tried cognizant the- enough to know that it's on the floor, then she should be cognizant to see that it's already under the door. You're fucked.
0: And she grabbed the towel to do that, not to stabilize her wound. Correct. Which wouldn't is you on grab her the shoulder. towel and cover up the yeah. area that you got? Also, I like, was try to stop I the was bleeding. Really
2: grossed out because after she stopped at the floor, she didn't fold it. She didn't do anything. It just went straight on that wound, and I was like, right. That I would have done the it the floor. other way around. You wouldn't have messed with the floor at all. Yeah.
0: And I just don't. And how would she know he's on the other side of that door?
2: That's the thing.
0: Anyway, so he drills through there and we just assume she's dead.
2: Yeah. She screams. We assume he kills her. And then this is where he runs back to the phone van in broad daylight. Holding
0: a bloody drill that's like four feet long.
2: And he is just, I mean, he gives the weirdest, most awkward run.
0: And just spends his sweet ass time in broad daylight. Yep. In the middle of what, like school, let out? There's people around there.
2: Yes, but it doesn't matter. He is crazy,
0: and he carries her body out to the car in broad daylight, doesn't he? That am I, I nuts, or was he just carrying the drill?
2: He was just carrying the drill.
0: Because it went, oh, no, later he does that, Yeah, he does that later. Oh, my God.
2: Then we cut to Mark, and he's on his motorcycle dropping Trish off at home. They have a sweet little moment, and then we don't see Mark ever again.
0: No, we don't see Mark ever again, and I wanted, and I didn't even know his name was Mark. I just knew him as the 50-year-old guy with a mustache on a motorcycle.
2: He was so old for her. (laughs) I wanted to call her mother Mm -hmm. because he was way too old for her. This is where we uh, get one of my... um, Ugh, this this next moment is a fake out that just left me hanging and I was like oh so this is what I'm in for.
0: So this was a good fake out because it got me and not because it got me and like freaked me out because it got me in like oh are they really just going to keep because they haven't they haven't built any character around the slasher either. We don't nope. know why we have no need to care about why he might be going after them. So I'm like is he just going to go through and we're just going to start this movie. He's just going to go through killing people. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. But it's not.
2: So we have this POV of someone walking behind Diane, the snobby girl from the locker room. And um, it's a fake out because it turns out to be her very, very tall boyfriend.
0: Yeah, John Minor, the world's tallest ginger.
2: He genuinely is. I can't tell if it's because she's little, but he's big.
0: He's a big old ginger white Is that what dude. we look
2: like next to each other?
0: I guess. I don't know.
2: I don't feel like we're that... I'm, oh, we're that far apart.
0: I'm 6'3" and you're 5'2". I know. I want to deny it.
2: So then we immediately cut to uh coach Jana at home making Pulling up in
0: her sweet 1980 Toyota Celica GT liftback.
2: And we just switched to a car podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think those are cool.
2: No, they really are. So she's home, she's fumbling with her keys. This was so funny to me. A great fake out. This is the... from a
0: parody. This is from the parody. Clearly. There's 100% this is from the parody.
2: Because she's fishing trying to get her keys in the door, and then a drill comes right big out old her drill bit comes through the, door. through the
0: door hole, right at eye level.
2: And then she opens the door to find that it's her friend Pam.
0: Yeah, who's definitely she's who, definitely her girlfriend. Definitely her girlfriend.
2: One hundred percent her girlfriend.
0: I think they were trying to make it her landlord.
2: I don't but know how Pam they is her it.
0: girlfriend, and, and she says one of my favorite lines in the movie when the, this this tension thing happens, and she just goes, "Oh, I was just putting in your peephole." Yeah. So she was just drilling a peephole in like her you door.
2: Do. And the do. And one of my favorite things is that that's it. She just leaves the hole there and bounces. And
0: then we never see her again. We so she never just, see Pam again. So homegirl drilled a hole in this person's door and, and then, then left.
2: <laughs> just bounce. So there are two pieces of dialogue here that one does not pay off. One is weak. Very, very weak in its payoff. <clears throat> one is that um, you're expecting a handyman To show up. Yep. Never happens. Nope. Don't care about him. And uh, Miss Jana shares that her cat is missing. She asked Pam if she's seen her cat. Ah,
0: okay. So I forgot about that. So later on when that pays off, I was like, what?
2: Cool, it's a cat. Yep.
0: I didn't hear, I must have missed where she said something about her cat.
2: Yeah, it was literally one line and that's why I'm here. I pick up these little things.
0: Every white girl in this movie has the same haircut. It's very Basically, confusing. So, I had trouble for the first little bit of this telling who is who because mm-hmm. Coach Jana is not very much older than them. No. She's like, she might be like 24 and they're like 20.
2: Maybe. You know, like they're yeah. not
0: that old. And um, so, we immediately cut from here, though, to Trish mm-hmm. hanging out at home with the door wide open, just Apparently. gets up and plays the piano in the dark. There's no lights on in the house.
2: Yep. She has to get off the phone because she hears something. And she's playing the piano, and then she hears these footsteps, and then there's a shadow in the house, and we have another fake out because it's,
0: it's fucking creeper neighbor
2: It's the creeper neighbor, and who's
0: in her fucking house?
2: This is where I call bullshit. He is there to diddle her or he, he was there to s- something. to
0: spy or do something yeah because but they don't really play it that way. He's just there every time he says something. The characters take whatever he says at face value and then he plays it at face value and goes on about his thing. Which makes me think he's a parody where he's supposed to seem like a creepy guy... But never really be a creepy guy But everything he does is creepy Like Saturday Night Live style parody Like 1982 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just so on the nose He's not he's not playing it arch enough to be a goofy parody mm-hmm. But he's not playing it serious enough to be a real creep So it never really plays
2: Yeah and he says the door was left open But I don't really believe him I think no. it was maybe left unlocked
0: No, In, in terms of Katie's, Katie's logic Of rewriting the movie in her own head mm-hmm. I see exactly what you're talking about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It makes sense
2: so we're back to our gym coach, yep. and she's making the saddest quesadilla for one. Oh, my
0: God. I want you to listen to what I wrote down.
2: I have to hear this.
0: <laughs> I wrote down, uh, coach's house. She's put on a robe and made a sadness quesadilla <laughs> with a big-ass glass of grape juice. Question mark?
2: She's, I think that she's drinking wine out of a regular drinking glass. Oh,
0: no. I paused it. That is a bottle of grape juice. What? It's on the counter.
2: Grown-ass woman drinks grape juice with while a making, while making a sadness quesadilla. so disgusting. And it is so
0: weird and gross. And she's like <laughs> – and she's like – she's really, really great in She's grating grating her own cheese right it's off the block. it's a thin block of cheese. You remember thin blocks of cheese?
2: Yeah, it's those teacher blocks.
0: It's like they're – the teacher blocks. They're not like – they're not thick rectangles. No. They're real thin, long, wide, flat rectangles.
2: Exactly. And of it,
0: like – of yellow American cheddar. Yes. And, and she is – full on it's just not grade. even
2: cheddar it's just american and she's cheese.
0: grated so much cheese onto this thing and there's no what's funny too about it is there's no microwave there's no stove near no there's no heat source no. so that leads me to believe that this sad cat lady who's really attractive yeah and clearly a lesbian and clearly, clearly has got all Options. the play she wants yeah is hanging out in her gross bathrobe drinking children's
2: Mm-hmm. Like juice. Jar of grape juice. She's got her juicy juice. <laughs> and just
0: eating a loose quesadilla with some cheese on it like fucking stepbrothers. You
2: know what? Quarantine's a weird time.
0: Dude, it felt like that was the most quarantine scene in the whole movie. Yeah. I related to that scene really hard. <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, so she, she drops, she knocks the glass over when she reaches for her tapatio.
2: Oh my goodness. OG and-
0: tapatio. So she, hold up though. Let's talk about this quesadilla some more. <laughs> she was going to just squirt some tapatio on this yeah. loose cheese, mm-hmm. not melt any of it, nope. and then just go gnaw on that with her big old glass of like. Hundred and ninety uh, grams of sugar grape you know juice. We don't
2: know. There could have been some gin in that juice.
0: There's so much '80s food in this movie. Like no one understand how to eat. understood how to eat food. Nope. Because there's like the grape juice, mm-hmm. and the, we'll just you know what? I'll make a tally of it as we go. Every time I I wrote down. Every time I saw some like early '80s ass uh, horrible for you food that people just ate. Yes. Okay.
2: It's really bizarre.
0: So she breaks this glass because she hears a noise after and then she hears yeah, a noise. Yeah,
2: she breaks a glass, hears a noise, and I love that she carries a large piece of the broken glass like a weapon. Yeah,
0: I thought that was odd because it's not She's
2: a single woman. This is things that we do.
0: I guess so, but the, this is the this is a bad option.
2: You've also never been a young woman alone? our
0: dog feels what you're he's
2: afraid and alone and if he had the option right now he'd probably be walking around the house with a piece of glass or a knife
0: i understand this um okay so she she hears the voice or she so she goes to investigate and
2: this is where we have our cat fake out
0: exactly and this is where i was like why the fuck is it what also did she just lock that cat in her in her uh, closet that she never opens i guess
2: that's my thing is she hadn't seen her cat all day that means her cat was locked in her closet all day. All day. All day. Are all
0: cat owners like this?
2: I don't think so because I had a cat when I was young. And if I had done that to my cat, my clothes would have been shredded. Destroyed. Oh, my God. And it would stink so
0: bad in So there.
2: bad. I would have had to burn the house down.
0: Also, I imagine everyone in this movie smells like cigarettes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It just felt like Cigarettes was- and perfume. Cigarettes and perfume. Yeah, exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, this is where we get back to our gay dudes. They are walking their bikes down the street. <laughs> having, like you a, do.
0: having a real gay. Every one of their conversations is so, so gay. They are. They're having constant, like, gay couple conversations. They really are. Like, they talk like a couple.
2: What we don't know is they grow up to be, um, and now I, I forgive me because I can't remember his name. Mark, maybe, um, the creator of the Fab Five, the creator of Queer Eye. Oh, right. right That's right, what right. happens. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they're walking and they, this is where they come up with their plan. They're going to prank the girls. And oh, right. if you they notice, just want to make them scream. They just want to make them scream. And like
0: that, literally, the one literally goes, you know how I love, you know how much they love to scream. And I'm just like, okay.
2: Okay. What?
0: What is that line?
2: He thinks he's supposed to make her scream.
0: What is happening? But
2: you notice that they walk by the phone van.
0: Yes. So you see that, and you're like... The
2: whole reason, because... Okay, good. This is tension.
0: This is tension, though, Katie. We're starting to build some tension. We're
2: getting some tension, right? And
0: then you immediately see him in the bushes. Yeah. Full face, lit up, in the bushes. Just Don't hide the killer very hard.
2: Star Trek lit up. Like, he was... I mean, like, a spot on his face. It was really great.
0: Because we see the girls showing up at the party. Yes. And he's already there... Mm-hmm. He knows what's where to go, and he is in the bushes way. And
2: we've got some. This is where we get our first little bit of mirroring. And there's a couple times where we get some good mirroring. And again, this our director is an editor. Yeah, because Valerie and Russ, our murderer, are spying on the girls arriving for the summer party.
0: And you're trying to build that tension, and so are the two guys. Mm-hmm. They're coming. They're on their way.
2: Yes, and um, the neighbor is still at the house, and he's just kind of hanging out as the girls arrive because he feels like he has to. Take care and keep an eye she on. Get, Trish. She
0: made him a cup of coffee, and he was like, "I'll hang out till they get here," mm-hmm. because she was freaked out.
2: I like this little bit that is clearly the parody that stayed in. One of the girls brought um, some beer, can- some beer and cannabis,
0: and he go and she goes real loud. Oh, great. Soda pop. Because she's trying to be like, fuck, bitch, calm down. Like, put your shit back up. We have... There's there's an adult here. There's an
2: adult here.
0: And so she's trying not to blow up her spot. And then what did she say?
2: She pulls out the Maui Wowie. A
0: sack full of oregano.
2: It is so clearly like (laughs) oregano or just like... It's all ground up and ready to go. You know? And it's... I really like it because he tells her that if... He makes a deal. Like, he's going to buzz he off. He comes
0: out and he's like, hey, girls. And they're like,
2: oh, shit. Ugh. And he tries to be the cool adult. Right. And he's like, you don't tell your parents I scared you and I won't tell them about the Maui Wow. This is very
0: real. But also, the fact that he had to say, you don't tell your parents I scared you is the creepiest thing in I human literally adult wrote down, down creeper, 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 creeper vibes. <laughs> yeah, has ever said to anybody.
2: Creepy, 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 creepy The vibes. idea
0: of that character is actually very good because you're like, cool, they have an ally. But because this is a parody, It's not cool they have an ally. It's he's a fucking creeper. Because it's a parody, he triggers. Well, I guess technically they're not children, they're legally adults. So he's a creeper. But see, that's the other thing. They're supposed to be high school people. You can't make him a creeper if -hmm. they're not underage. You can make him a creeper if they're not underage. But as arch as he's playing Mm -hmm. it, I guess you could think backwards and say, oh, well, he's lived next door for a long time. So he's probably known her since she was a little girl, which is double creepy.
2: Sure. But yeah. we don't know. We this have neighbor, no idea.
0: In no way can I make this neighbor not creepy the way I want to make him not creepy because There's I no feel justifying like justifying his the, behavior. The creepiness is supposed to be from a parody, but when you put it in this movie, it doesn't work. It makes no sense. Yeah. Why it makes is no he sense. creepy?
2: But again, I think that he went into the house to like get another thing. I think he stole that Barbie. I think he went in there as an opportunity. I think he's like panty to stealing. Go Panty stealing. And the
0: Barbie was part of that.
2: Yes.
0: But then the Barbie, but that and that, that's how the Barbie shows up later. It's not from the... Exactly. Oh, does it happen after he gets... Yes.
2: Okay. okay. So this is where we cut back over across the street to Valerie and her kid sister. Mm-hmm. And, and get ready
0: to buckle in and not leave that house for the next hour.
2: Oh my God. Because all they do is stand around and mm-hmm. talk and look out the window listfully. Oh,
0: this is where you see you cut to her making a big-ass jug of neon red 80s-ass Kool-Aid <laughs> yes. and pouring in a full sack of uh, pure pure, sh- pure refined sugar. sugar into it.
2: And this was back when Kool-Aid came without the added sugar. So oh, So you yeah? had to add more sugar or to it. Or was it
0: just already sweetened and then you add more sugar? Because that's how you do it when you're poor.
2: That's exactly how we did Which it. Which was
0: really funny. Like this whole thing was like, also the red dye in that.
2: So red. It was so red. Pretty sure they used the same powder to make the blood.
0: Yeah, they bought they they I actually what's funny is on the ingredients list in Kool-Aid back in the age it used to just say cancer.
2: Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Um so it's interesting we have a few intercuts between Valerie and Back to the Slumber Party because immediately we're back to the Slumber Party and we yes. get another can fake out. Can because... I can
0: I quickly sure. make an observation? Who puts a can of Pringles in a bowl?
2: You know that was weird. That's a really good question because the whole thing about Pringles is that they stay all in a nice row.
0: Yeah, they're you they stack that you eat them out of the can because they're stacked. You'd pass the can around if you were like at a party in high school and someone had Pringles, they would just pass you the can.
2: Or if you were me, everyone got their own can. I'm not sharing my okay.
0: Pringles. It, either way, <laughs> I've never seen a person pour no. them into a bowl.
2: No, and if you do, and you don't pour. No, if anything, you remove them in stacks.
0: So this is two very quick um, reminders that in the 80s, we did not know how to eat food.
2: No, they didn't know how to eat food. I think that they folded their sandwiches in half and ate out of the middle first.
0: And they just put every processed thing on them. Yes. Because it's the 80s. Yes. Okay.
2: Um. So Trish and the girls are slumbering at their party and there's this big crunch in the kitchen and we get a fake out because she left the coffee pot on the hot burner. There's a
0: good line in this scene too that I can't go past. It's when the girl says that I don't know her name, blonde girl. Mm-hmm. It's not how big your mouth is. It's what's in it that counts. Yes. And then they keep harping on that line, making jokes about it. So much. That was weird. And it's worth it. It was a parody. It was clearly from the parody. That was a clearly joke. Clearly
2: left over from the parody. Okay, anyway, and then so we have a double fake out because our snobby friend Diane is smashed up against the window. Right. As a quick little jump scare.
0: Now, we... Uh,
2: and that's it. We cut back to Valerie. We
0: cut back to Valerie. But I want to ask you another question. This goes back to the food problems I have with this movie. Who the fuck puts a glass carafe of coffee on the eye of a coil stove?
2: You know... I was wondering if that was just like an '80s thing. To but keep it warm. I know that we had coffee makers in the early '80s. Yeah. These are normal things. That carafe is from a coffee maker. That carafe is specifically for a coffee maker. <laughs> I don't understand. We you, have never stove put top a thin pedals.
0: glass carafe. No. On a heating element.
2: This is what Corningware is for. I just
0: it fucking. We've had blew that
2: since the '50s or '60s. Blew my mind. It it. it it also blew that pot of coffee.
0: Mm-hmm. So like you said, Diane is actually the one hiding at the window because mm-hmm. you think it's going to be somebody else. And it's so hard. You think it's gonna be the killer. But again, it's so hard to build tension when you're showing us the killer all the time.
2: It's also hard to build tension when everything is so well lit. Everything is so Everything's bright. Everything's so well lit, gum. but
0: you've already told us the killer is there. He's mm-hmm. been there. He's hanging no, out. He's there so the whole time. We know that this is either going to be him or a fake out. Mm-hmm. So that you've, you've kind of told us they're in danger but then made them feel, none of them feel any danger mm-hmm. so that they don't feel any danger like you don't give a shit yeah you don't. because there's not any danger they're
2: not scared why should I be scared exactly so, Valerie and her kid sister, Courtney, have some attempt at, like, relationship building and mm-hmm. exposition of their characters here, which means nothing to me because I do not... I don't know why I don't care. Don't
0: care. Courtney's real shitty, too.
2: Courtney is a sh- little shit fuck.
0: And so, this this scene doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is at the end of this scene, they split mm-hmm. up to go do homework, mm-hmm. and a uh, little sister is just going to go ladywhack it to a playgirl. Well, it's Why do we need because, that information? So,
2: Valerie has to go outside to investigate a crash, um, and she assumes that it's Courtney a dog. says it's the dog. Yeah. It's the dogs of the trash. Like you do. And then Courtney runs upstairs to snoop for smut. And then she finds a play girl. Mm-hmm. And she knows that play girl's there. She, she went straight knows, to the spot. She knows it's there. And in, in another couple scenes, we learned this is a pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so Valerie gets spooked while she's cleaning up the trash. Um, she like spies some movement in like the neighbor's swings.
0: Yeah. And that was where they were trying to do another tension thing. But like, here's the deal. Now that it's nighttime, we haven't even seen the killer except that once. Mm-hmm. In the daytime, you showed us the killer from the beginning of the fucking movie, <laughs> walking around all over the place. But now that he's got the cover of night, mm-hmm. he hides.
2: He hides. Why?
0: I don't, I'm give up.
2: This is where I need to see him watching her because I don't even know that he knows that she exists.
0: Right. We don't know that that she. Yeah, we have no idea she even he even knows she's around.
2: No. Um. So we because Valerie
0: doesn't matter.
2: Valerie does not matter. Um, we get back to our gay boys. They're spying on the slumber party girls through an open window. More boobs. They're watching the girls changing their clothes.
0: Yeah, because it, every because you know how you used to do this, right? Like you would change clothes in the living room of your friend's house with all your other friends. Mm-hmm. We all just, got naked all at the same time, but in the in front middle of, each of the other living room. In
2: the living room. Yeah,
0: it's mm-hmm. all the time. Always. All right, just want to yeah. make sure.
2: Um, and we never wore bras. Some of them do. Sure. Sure. But they're the cute little like wireless silky ones. And
0: they change into these either the, this these very character based nightgown things. Yep,
2: Jackie's pretty sexy. She's in a baby doll. Jackie's
0: boobs are the best boobs in the whole movie, right?
2: <sighs> oh, Jackie is a ten for me. Jackie me Jackie's is, the hottest for me,
0: a hundred percent. Jackie is the hottest, and her boobs are on Front Street in that that yes. tank top thing or um, what is it called? Block. Like
2: a she's in a baby doll. Okay.
0: It's working for me.
2: Yeah, it's working. I really, now see, I would wear Trish's Dodgers uh, long long t-shirt thing. thing. Like That's my jam. I'd sleep in that. For sure. And I'd wear it for a week and pretend it's cute. But you
0: want to hang out with uh, with Jackie.
2: See, I want to be a Jackie, but I'm really a Trish.
0: But you'd rather be a Trish and hang out with a Jackie Mm because you never know what might happen. You're in the locker room a lot.
2: Exactly.
0: Um, We might need to pause this for a minute. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so
2: I really like the shot here because Jackie... It, the guys are like right up on the window talking about the girls. And then Jackie walks trying over... Trying to act
0: like they're interested.
2: Yeah, <laughs> pretending how turned on they are by these trying women. Trying to
0: act like they're not pretending that they all have dicks. And
2: Jackie walks over and ashes the ashtray out the window two inches from these guys' face. Doesn't notice them. And I thought they, that was kind of fun. I loved it. But the, I also it was great. Our
0: two gay friends go like... Whoa, 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 whoa. Like they do a real like yeah. Marx Brothers like reaction to it. Yeah. Every once in a while something happens in this movie that makes me think they shot it to be 3D.
2: You can't see it, but <laughs> off camera their legs are spinning around in circles trying yeah. to back away. They're, there's yeah. like bongos playing. Exactly. It's so wacky. This is where Trish decides to order a pizza. Right. Diana, our snobby girl, is going to grab some firewood from our driveway. Mm-hmm. And we have a man at the end of the driveway with a cleaver.
0: Actually, I think you skipped something very interesting. Oh, did I? Yeah, please. We we have uh, we have we go back to Valerie's house for a minute. Mm -hmm. And this is where they um they she tells her sister that uh, Courtney tells her sister she's doing her biology homework. We can't let that joke go.
2: Okay. And then is this where she where Valerie tells Courtney not to rip out the centerfold again?
0: Uh, no, that's. You know what? That actually—that is. Yeah, mm-hmm. she says. She says, "Ha ha! Don't wear her out of the centerfold again." And then we cut back to um, Diane's house, uh, mm-hmm. where Diane is. She hasn't gone out yet because we have my favorite food scene. This is where before she goes out to get firewood, she's in the kitchen talking to uh, Trish, mm-hmm. and Trish is putting together a crudité of Twinkies and Cheetos.
2: That you know what, that's just delightful. And it made me
0: laugh so hard. Because it yeah. was again people don't know how to eat.
2: It reminds me of my of our early twenties and we'd host people at our like little apartment with our friends. We'd have like a whole bag of pizza rolls and like a whole bag <sighs> yeah. of mozzarella sticks.
0: Yeah, like a mixture. But see that's just like stoner food from the freezer. Yeah. This is like but she like yeah, I guess you're right, you do set stuff up like that. But she set up like she set up like all of these twinkies. Like decoratively around really the bowl. It's really kind
2: of cute. At least they weren't in Jello. It
0: just made me yeah exactly. It made me laugh really hard. We moved hard. on. So this is this is where Diane goes to check the firewood. I couldn't let that go.
2: You couldn't, and it was worth it. So we get <laughs> a great little jump scare <clears throat> from a slug in the firewood. Another
0: one of our tension building POV scenes.
2: Yes, and we assume that it's Russ approaching, and then. Snap. Snap. The slug is chopped in half with the cleaver. And
0: that is a real slug they just full on murdered right on
2: screen. Oh my God. They literally
0: just got a slug, a snail, and chopped it in half yes. close up close with a up. meat cleaver.
2: And it was just horrifying. So
0: And he, it's creepy neighbor. It's
2: creepy neighbor. He's just creeping around the driveway hunting for slugs like you do in the middle of the night. Yeah,
0: creepy neighbor just chasing snails in the dark with a butcher's knife. That is completely normal, Katie. I don't know what you're talking about. He is not nefarious. I feel
2: like I have this neighbor.
0: I thought about our neighbor. <laughs> I honestly thought about the neighbor that lives next door to us who's always in everybody's business. Always and always doing yard work.
2: Always. And he has always with the needless recommendations oh, and yeah. everything. It's wonderful. A uh, really great character building here, yeah. totally real life characters. Yeah. Um. So she exits. She goes back into the house, and he gets straight up drilled to the. What
0: throat. dimension is this movie taking place in? Because then, yeah, all of a sudden, immediately, as soon as you think, well, he's walking around with a meat. This is such a parody moment. Yeah. Then he gets killed.
2: It's just like boom, boom. Um. There is no like. There's no recourse. There's no. And he's tension. dead. We never
0: see him again. We don't see where the body went.
2: No. No idea. It's gone um i love this is where we get a little bit of our summer party moment so the girls are inside and like you do in 1982 you look up your horoscope in oh, yeah. the newspaper and i do like that diane is a scorpio and both myself and trish at the same time said of course
0: <laughs> yeah okay i can see that
2: yeah so trish finally goes to close the window and spies who we now know is Russ outside.
0: Yeah, she fully sees the escaped murderer all over the news that no one's talking about.
2: So she's a creeped fully out. She him. asks Diane if she closed the garage door. Mm-hmm. Diana, of course, has no idea.
0: And then she immediately cl- opens the window to check again mm-hmm. and sees her doll head. This is where in we blood. get the
2: jump set, and it's the whole Barbie. And she is Barbie is stuck to the window like mm-hmm. frame with the cleaver. Yes. So, I think Russ found the Barbie on the neighbor's You're body totally and right. the knife. And I never thought of that. And he is trying to give it back to her.
0: <gasps> oh my God. He
2: doesn't realize what he's doing is horrifying. He's trying to give her her dolly back.
0: I never viewed any of it from that perspective. And you just changed the entire thing because the way that he talks to her in the end, that makes yes. sense. Yes. You completely changed that for me. That makes perfect sense. But so it's still it's still the same he thing. He
2: doesn't realize that he's intimidating them. He's yeah. trying to literally give an olive branch, here's your Barbie back. And
0: it is very sexual for him.
2: Because it's a naked Barbie, too.
0: But he is, but he's also, so he's in love with Trish. Yes. He's not in love with any of these other people.
2: No, because he's associating with her and he feels like in his own way, he's now he's protecting her.
0: See, if we had a little bit more of that and a little bit less mm-hmm. of just showing him all the time wide open, or if we just made him a full character anything that's even more interesting if he's just a killer what a thought. but we get to learn more about him instead of him just Wait. being a stalking slash monster you
2: mean if he had some motivation
0: yes because you can't just show us a fucking escaped convict with who we just know is a crazy person mm-hmm. and show him full broad daylight and expect him to be scary mm-hmm. he's
2: not no he's not and This is where um, one of the girls assumes that it's, you know, those boys Mm -hmm. are gay boys. Um, And then Trish and Diane go out to the garage to check it, um, to actually lock the garage door. And they tell us very
0: specifically how to lock the garage door. Yep.
2: And we also learned the garage light is out. They lock the garage door. They do lock the garage door. But as they exit, a shadowy figure stands up in the garage. It's too late. Someone's already there.
0: Yep. Cut back to Valerie's house. And yep. I'm still trying to learn at this point when we're going to get Valerie's story to come together with the others. Still hasn't happened yet. Nope. So I she have has no this, idea what her point is. She has this big, long conversation with her sister mm-hmm. where they're looking at the magazine and talking about bullshit and making mm-hmm. jokes that don't really matter. But she does say, uh, she does, her sister says something um, about some guy being gross. Mm -hmm. when they show the picture of the naked guy to which her response was oh faker you were beating off boys in the fifth grade and i was like whoa 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 whoa
2: way too young hold
0: on right now nope okay so but and then the response from her sister
2: was like "Uh uh-uh you're gross
0: and then she goes did you tell mom and she's like no i made that shit up and then,
2: and then Courtney was like, "And then
0: Courtney had a really emotional response of like, no, that's like bullshit. You told mom, et cetera, et cetera, because it really clearly happened. Clearly, So did. what you're showing me is that your, your sister has experienced extreme sexual trauma and has not been able to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And you've now touched upon that and you don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And she, so you just told me this character is, has been molested. Yes. Or at least sexually, been sexually assaulted. Yes. This young child. And And we're just
2: supposed to glaze over that Like
0: no big deal.
2: Yep, no big deal. And that
0: it's just a thing where like she's just mad because she's a sister. I don't know what that was about.
2: It was, I literally wrote down real awkward exchange between Valerie and her sister.
0: I don't know what any of that was about, but I was like, what is this? Why is this here?
2: I feel like it was their attempt to make it a serious film.
0: No, but none of them played it that way.
2: I know, I just have no idea. I don't
0: think they had any idea what they were keying in on. Because I don't, this is nineteen eighty two. No, I have no idea. They don't realize that what they're keying in on is like serious childhood trauma. No. And uh it is really And that it matters. Really weird, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So back so over to Trish. And the girls, they're listening in on Diane's phone call with her giant ginger boyfriend.
0: Who calls her boyfriend Boo Boo, and then they all make jokes about that.
2: Yes. And then in the middle of it, the power goes out. Yep. And the girls make their way to the garage to flip the breaker. And
0: we've lost even more tension here because all four main characters walk together into the dark garage to check the fuse box. This is not scary. Not in at all. No way is this scary. There well, are too we do- many people. They give us a, to be a,
2: a quick little jump scare because Diane jump scares the three girls on the way to the garage in the backyard.
0: None of this garage scene works.
2: None of this works. The girls enter and there's, we learn in the audience that there's someone totally creeping on them yep. and then there's a lame jump scare of the guys and they're pulling a prank.
0: And they pulled the fuses out of the fuse box. Ha 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 ha. She hits one of them. He gets a black eye. Right. That's so sad. Whatever. Like you seriously don't care at that point. So when we cut back to <sighs> Valerie, who is now walking outside to pick up the trash cans. Mm-hmm. And this is better tension. It is. Um, And then the music comes in and breaks all the tension.
2: It does. So, it's so jarring. Yeah,
0: but because it, it, the tone of the music is like... And I'm like, whoa, what is happening? What
2: is this? And I know I had to look back at the screen because the weird music started playing again. So something's going to happen. Both trash cans are toppled over this yep. time. And then... Courtney Valerie, fully assaults sister. her sister with a kitchen knife. Oh my god, she type tackles her and they wrestle with a kitchen knife and it's insane.
0: And they're both like, haha, fun joke.
2: Yeah, and then Courtney's like, Yeah, low key, I'm gonna kill you.
0: <laughs> ha ha. And then they go inside. Ha-ha.
2: And then we're Back over at Trisha's house. And we're
0: outside now. And Diane is having a conversation with her giant boyfriend who has driven up. And no one has heard this. He
2: honks the horn in the driveway for her to let him in. No
0: one hears it. Nope. She walks outside and opens that garage from the outside that they locked and showed us that they locked.
2: Drove me insane. I noticed it immediately. Because
0: when they go inside the garage, she relocks it. And she also almost takes her whole damn foot off. Because when they close up on her foot... That fucking latch almost hits her toe.
2: So she actually doesn't relock it. They reshow it bouncing oh, yeah, back that's right. open just a tiny bit because she didn't throw the latch into the concrete. But the
0: way they blocked that, it oh. literally wasn't – that had to be an accident because that yes. metal piece went between her toes. Yes. And it scared the shit out of me like it was going to fall on her foot. And I was go, afraid
2: ah. we were going to see an accidental real bloody moment.
0: Yeah. And then uh, – so, so yeah. We cut back to this – this sister dynamic is just weird.
2: It really is. It, it it creeps me out. I don't really know what to make of it.
0: No. So I want to skip that completely because now we cut to a full frame close up of Diane's breast.
2: And it's great. <laughs> so jarring. It's so jarring because it's just the roundest boob you've ever seen on screen. But
0: again, it's weirdly shot with like care.
2: Yeah. It's a very reverent shot of so a single strange. breast being fondled. Diane and Big John are making out in the garage. And she's like, no,
0: I can't because my friends are in there.
2: Yeah, and because he wants he clearly wants to go all the way and mm-hmm. she doesn't want to get caught because that would make her a hoe. <laughs> and she decides to go inside to bail so that they can go somewhere and have sex yep. and she plays it off as though um she's going to go get beer.
0: Right. And at this point you know when she comes back big dude's going to be dead.
2: Yep. And, and of course he is, but I like the way he is dead.
0: Well, they're all in the kitchen and the guys are the gay are gay guys. The yep. gay couple is talking about <clears throat> how how are they gonna one of them actually says how are they gonna what are their mothers gonna think about their black eye and i'm like yeah. oh my god i know they're so gay
2: they really care about their <laughs> mom's opinion
0: and like to the point of where all of the women in this movie, because we cut back in and the women are talking about the baseball game from yeah. the night before they are talking the about fall, sports but it's the fall
2: well it's october everyone's wearing jackets it's october baseball
0: i guess so and and uh, yeah, you're probably right, but they're talking about sports. So every one of these women is a jock, and mm-hmm. then these two men are both gay. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's mm-hmm. clearly so. I we think, already know
2: Trish is a Dodgers fan.
0: I think they did this in the parody. It was a, mm-hmm. supposed to be a gender swap. Yes, like a gender stereotype swap. Yes, but when you put it in the serious movie, it's jarring. And and it like, just does not make sense. No. I'm like, oh, you're trying to give me tropes, but you're flipping the tropes and never calling out the point that you're flipping the tropes. Mm-hmm. It's just a part of the movie. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't work in the tone of the movie at all. No. Anyway.
2: So one of the girls is making daiquiris because that's a normal drink that 18-year-olds just make. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Diane goes back into the garage to find John's head totally chopped off, and just it, sitting there. It
0: falls off when she goes to like, make out with yep, him. So
2: she kisses him and knocks it off of his neck.
0: How do you cut someone's head off with a drill?
2: That's a really good question. I know,
0: Miles. Our dog is Miles responding. doesn't
2: understand. He's really upset by it. Yep. It was a really clean cut. Yeah.
0: Well, and this is where we get our big phallic between the legs shot. Yes. So this is a trailer moment right here. Mm -hmm. So you see Diane slam up against the wall. She's screaming. This is a sexual assault. Mm -hmm. They're playing it like a sexual assault. Mm Mm-hmm. To the point of where they show him between the legs and his big old uh, drill dick hanging down. flops down and she screams at it because she's going to get penetrated by his drill penis.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Every time someone dies like this, it is such a ham-fisted allegory. It is. And, and you know what? Fine, whatever. At this point, but it's so funny when it happens because it's like, yeah, if this were a parody, I'd understand mm-hmm. why you played it so goofy.
2: This was definitely our most like in-your-face.
0: Yeah, oh. This is the first. This is the first time in the movie they really spell it out. They yes. spelled it out, but this time they lit it in neon.
2: Yes, yes, they did. So no one in the the house can hear because the blender's going while Russ is attacking. She's no honking the horn. She's screaming. No one can hear this. They're all oblivious. So we cut back over to Valerie and um, her sister Courtney because Courtney overheard the honking and the screaming, and her and Val are looking out the window. Yes. Um, we actually cut back to the house because the girls are serving up their daiquiris and they're talking about the Barbie prank, but the guys don't know what they're talking about. Right. This is when our doorbell rings and Trish assumes it's the pizza.
0: We don't have time for them to build any tension or have any thought about what might be happening with the Barbie doll because nope. get ready, the next 30 minutes of this movie, which is probably going to be about seven minutes of us talking, mm-hmm. is about to happen.
2: Oh my goodness. And boy, does it happen. I have to say though, my this is my... Favorite moment in the entire movie. This is the one movie I want everyone to watch.
0: The one part of the movie? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they knock on the door. You and hear we, the knock on the door. We have
2: a knock on the door. Our Who's two, there? Our two gay guys approach, and they ask through the door, mm-hmm. "How? what's the damage? The most 80s way to ask how much something cost. Mm-hmm. And we hear a man say, six so far. They open the door. Because they pull he's, out six dollars exact. He's killed six people so far. Yep.
0: Yeah.
2: And our pizza guy is standing there with his dr- eyes drilled out of his skull,
0: perfectly drilled out,
2: and falls into the house. Yeah. And it is a great visual.
0: It's a good. That is a good. That fun is scene. such
2: a beautiful shot. They pull the pizza guy in the house because. I guess they realize the threat is clearly still out there. Yep,
0: and then they start panicking and they're like, "Oh no, this is real." This is where yes. every where the move becomes real to everybody. It
2: is. But first we have to cut back to Valerie and her kid sister Valerie's on the phone with Miss oh. Jana. Um or no, I'm sorry. We're not quite there yet. We have um Jackie and the blonde girl on the phone to the gym coach. No, um, they tried to
0: call the cops first.
2: Well, because oh, they're no, trying no, to right. figure out what happened in this game. Yeah, they want to know what the, happened. This is before the pizza the guy. The game comes last in, it? night. It's all the same, same time. Same time. You're right. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, From the other room. And then the uh, co- coach overhears everyone screaming on the phone before it's disconnected. Yep. This is where Trish tries to call the operator for the police, but then Russ cuts the phone line.
0: Yep. And then we cut back to Valerie.
2: Yep, and she's on the phone with because the coach. coach Jana called her, worried, and the debate about her going over there. I no,
0: I was like, did you just ask a teenage girl to go check on the the the, right? the people screaming bloody murder? And you next know door?
2: that this teenage girl is also the new kid who's not friends with these girls. But you're also, it's a small enough community that as their teacher, you know, you live across the street from them.
0: And I like that the character that Valerie does say, like, I can, but I really would rather not. Mm -hmm. And the coach is like, oh, wait, that makes sense. You shouldn't do that. Don't worry. I'm coming. So she gets in the car and she's going over there. Yeah. And then. um,
2: Then we cut back over to Trisha's house and the guys are setting up their plan. Right. Which is real dumb.
0: Yep. And this is where I wrote down, when are Jeff and his boyfriend going to kiss? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, so so their plan that doesn't make much sense is to split up and run.
2: Well, they decide they got to turn off all the lights, shut the windows, make sure the doors are locked. Then they consider running to Valerie's next door, so they decide they got to split up. They have a better chance overall. One runs over to Valerie's, and the other heads to the neighbor's Mr. Contents.
0: And they said out loud, which I thought was pretty funny, and this is actually this is a little bit of good writing, is that they said um, when they looked like they were going to make out finally... They said, uh, they said, look, it's better if if we both go because at least then one of us will make it. Yes. And then it was interesting how they set that up because one of them did make it, mm-hmm. but not the one you think. Mm-hmm. And then eventually both of them dead.
2: Mm-hmm. So, um,
0: so they run out. So, and poor Jeff.
2: Poor, poor Jeff. He, he died without
0: ever getting to live out loud.
2: He did. He's confronted by Diane's dead body and then takes a drill through the back. Yep. And And we leave him. I thought it went through and through to his chest. And it then did. the other boy runs over to Valerie's and she doesn't hear him because she's watching a horror movie on TV and he he's banging. And she's and got on it the door. loud
0: she's got it turned up louder than anyone has ever turned up a television in their yeah. life. That they and, can't hear someone screaming bloody murder and slamming on the door yep. ten feet away.
2: And Courtney's upstairs, she's on the phone.
0: Yeah, so she can't hear anything. No she, one can hear. And no one in this whole goddamn neighborhood is paying any attention. Like in Halloween, this happens, but it's quieter. And, and I in can attest,
2: it, it's a true, it's a real thing. This is lit up. Neighbors it's so will assume loud. that their kids are just watching TV. They'll just assume they're hearing a TV.
0: But n- mean, life. like, man, I don't know, man. It's this is more loud than like normal kids screaming.
2: Mm-hmm. So, um, this is where Russ runs, and he. Runs to get to um, our gay guy who's banging on the door. And he grabs him and pulls him into the yard. Valerie finally goes and checks the front door but doesn't see anything because they're yard wrestling.
0: Yeah, full on yard wrestle.
2: And Russ bites the kid's hand. And then he has this great um, psycho stabbing moment by Russ which is intercut and mirrored by a psycho stabbing on Valerie's TV where she's watching the movie. (laughs) Yeah, And so we get to see her reaction shot. They tried here. And it's it, it's not the most effective, but I know what they're going for, and I'm mm-hmm. going to give them the credit anyway. They tried.
0: And at this point is where I'm trying to really... I uh, wrote down that uh, we're an hour in, and Valerie yep. is still a useless character. She I just wanted to give everyone an update. absolutely
2: is still useless. On how,
0: how useless the character of Valerie is.
2: This is where Russ just, Russ just drags a body back across the street. Right in the, right middle, of in the middle
0: of goddamn neighborhood, in front of God and everybody, yep. just fucking... Puts him on his shoulder and drags his it ass back over there.
2: Hauls him across the street back over to Trisha's garage, and then this is where he counts all the bodies in the in the trunk of Big Joe's car. We and hear him he talk for the first well, rounds out time. of room. Yes, and there's something about it. It's it's supposed to be like he's a collecting. little visual joke. Yeah, yeah. He's organizing his toys all in a row, mm-hmm. and this is where we get our first simp- like uh hint that he's pretty simple. Yeah. I'm gonna say, like he just there, there's something simple minded yep. about him right here. Um, this is where um, Jeff's not dead. Yep, we learn that Jeff is still kicking. He's, He's crawling
0: across the back, trying to get to that back door.
2: Yep, and he is banging on that back door and just like whimpering.
0: And then this crazy bit with Jackie and the pizza <laughs> boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they're hungry. You you cut back to Jackie. You got Jackie yep. and the other two girls. Sitting there with knives, back to back.
2: They decide they have to cover up the pizza delivery, boy. Because
0: it's it's freaking him out. Which you would do, because you have a... a, That's normal. A guy with two holes drilled in his head.
2: The blonde girl comments that his body's cold.
0: Yep, and Jackie really wants to eat some of that pizza.
2: So she asks if if we think the pizza's cold, too.
0: And she reaches in, picks up the pizza, lifts his hand up, and his dead hand just flaps on the ground. And the girls are like, oh my god, that's disgusting. Mm -hmm. And Jackie's line is, quote... Well life goes on after all And eating makes me feel best And I feel bad Boy do I feel bad
2: mm-hmm. And then she eats the thing And then things, she starts eating And, then and, then she, and like, they're like
0: ew gross And she says Ah oh, sorry guys But now I feel so much better I
2: feel so much better already It is
0: such a funny line Like that's clearly from the parody Clearly But it plays so weird
2: It's so weird But also I love it so much And that's what I want more of that <clears throat> I wish there was more of that Yeah it.
0: And they don't hear Jeff Bang on the back door No And Jeff gets killed
2: yeah. So why
0: why was Jeff killed? Well, I, you know, like if you're gonna, why even let him escape?
2: So I think that the girls hear him. They approach the door with knives. And they decide not to open it because yeah, you're right, you're right. They they're suspicious. They're scared. Poor Jeff. Poor, poor definitely poor Jeff. Definitely we get a, gay Jeff. POV of um someone creeping up on Jeff, and he gets drilled. Yeah, and I,
0: I just don't understand, like why even let him escape if you're just gonna immediately kill him.
2: No idea. It
0: makes no sense. Anyway. Uh, I
2: think it's another uh, like attempt at building tension.
0: Well, and pretty much immediately, Jackie now gets killed.
2: Well, we have a needless insert shot of uh, the gym coach driving to come check on the girls. Oh, right. We
0: have to remember that she's still coming because that doesn't Cause matter. Because that's important. No.
2: And uh, Valerie shouts for her sister, and she can't find her. She checks out the window and sees Courtney walking across the street, and she's all like, Damn! So she has to go.
0: <laughs> yeah. Her sister just for no apparent reason left to go see what was going on across. The she
2: street. couldn't take it. She's curious. She has to go see <sighs> Courtney's a brat. She's a total brat. So Valerie goes over and she knocks on Trisha's door. No one answers. So she leaves. Russ is just chilling on the outside of the porch. Just like broad daylight. Just watching her walk yep. around on this front porch um jackie hears trish or i'm sorry Here's jackie valerie. hears valerie on uh, banging and she knows that she's vulnerable so she wants to go and she opens the front door and immediately takes a throat a drill to the she throat she gets
0: her throat slashed with a drill you know that thing drills do
2: yeah totally normal but now russ is in the house
0: i'm gonna pour a little out for the best boobs in the movie
2: yep um Valerie uh, checks the back door of Trisha's house and she finds Jeff's blood.
0: Yeah. A pool of blood and like handprints on the door and then tells her sister to stay here while she goes and checks it out. Stay so here by dumb. the pool of blood. Mm-hmm. And she still doesn't think anything's going on. Yeah. Because this just, character doesn't fucking matter.
2: She... I... I'm so confused by Valerie. Um, oh, then, out of nowhere, lightning crashes. Yes. Okay,
0: so at no point has there been any indication of thunder or lightning until nope. Valerie leaves her little sister alone, and then the it starts to thunder and lightning, and never rains, but does start to thunder and lightning. Yes, in Southern California,
2: because that's necessary and happens all the time. Weird. Totally natural.
0: And then we cut. We so now Trishan, uh, Trishan, um, what's her name? Other one, mm-hmm. the other one are really freaked out. They're trying to batten the hat, batten down the hatches upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and, and Trish thinks, like, alludes for a minute that maybe Valerie, like, because like, they want to go find Valerie or the other girl does, and Trish won't let it happen. She's like, no, maybe she knows this guy. Yeah. Like, she's going to assume that just because that they made her mad a little bit earlier that she's going to go have a murderer come after them. It's so a weird logic joke.
2: weird. Jump. I don't understand this. Um, they're genuinely just being brats.
0: And they're barricaded in their bedroom upstairs.
2: Yep, they're barricaded in Trish's With bedroom. With the window wide open. Yeah, like you do. Totally normal. They're on the second floor. There's no way. The- oh, wait. Yeah. Russ immediately sneaks into the window just behind them. Waltz
0: is in in the background.
2: And then, uh, um, so they, like. The friend chunks something like porcelain at him and it breaks. They're trying to she's move everything terrible. out from in front of
0: the door so they can get out of the room.
2: Trish whacks him over the head with a baseball bat because she's a baseball fan. Uh-huh. And then he stabs Trish's friend and then like Trish squeezes through. She like skinnies through the cracked yeah. door. Um and then Valerie, who had gone into the house and then now back out, goes back out to the backyard looking for her kid's sister. And um, and no one's
0: no one in the house can hear what's going on.
2: No, this is the because
0: she's downstairs with her sister.
2: Yeah, this is the best soundproofed house I've ever like. I, I just don't know.
0: And remember, the coach is still on the way. But now we're down to just Trish, mm-hmm. just Valerie, and her sister. So mm-hmm. Trish is the only one that has any, had anything to do with this story till this point. Mm-hmm. Valerie and Courtney. Have really no idea what's going on. Yeah. And they haven't known for the entire movie.
2: No, they don't really get it.
0: So the only character left that knows anything is Trish. Yes. And the and the coach is still in her way. But and everyone's pretty running, much dead already. So, so who Trish is
2: running around the house hiding. Russ is stalking her. Val finds her sister Courtney playing dead in the backyard.
0: Yep, yeah. And then they immediately go in the house to <laughs> lock up the house because they're like, nothing's clearly happening here except for mm-hmm. all the blood.
2: They assume they might be gone. They just—they don't know. So They're we're going to go lock
0: the house up and bail.
2: So Russ is searching around the house. He checks under the bed. Trish is actually really good at hiding because she's hiding in that dry cleaning bag in the bedroom closet.
0: Right. And at this point, Courtney and Valerie are in the kitchen just hanging out.
2: Okay. Here comes my favorite gag.
0: This is clearly left over from the parody because Courtney opens the the fridge door because she wants to drink a beer.
2: Not once.
0: Well, she does it once. Not twice. Valerie says no. The second time, she does it again. Valor says, no, you're too young, you can't have a beer.
2: The third time?
0: She does it on purpose, and guess what? Blonde girl falls out.
2: She finally gets to see. So we as the audience get to see the blonde girl in the fridge the whole time. It's
0: a funny bit, but particularly if this were a parody movie.
2: It is really great. Um, And then Val sees Rush's shadow coming down the stairs and tells Courtney to run.
0: And I want to tell you, the first time, I made a note of this, the first, when they see the body fall out, this is the first time that Valerie and Courtney are aware of any real danger in this movie, and we are at an hour and six minutes of runtime into this movie. There yes. is ten minutes of movie left, and this is the first time that Valerie and her less important sister Courtney mm-hmm. actually. You know what? No, Courtney is more important than Valerie. Courtney means more, makes more sense to the movie than Valerie. And she the doesn't only make much sense. reason why Valerie goes, goes over there. Exactly. This is the first time with 10 minutes left that they realize there's any real danger in this movie. Mm-hmm. And they have been main characters since minute one.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So uh, Valerie hides. In, uh, she goes through a door. She hides in the basement. Courtney hides under the couch. Mm-hmm. And then Russ is kind of like stalking around. he decides to hide and disguise himself um, as the pizza delivery guy. So he now this chunks is the a... pizza delivery guy's body down the stairs to the basement. Yep. And Valerie is confirmed this psycho killer is, like, right. here for murder.
0: This psycho killer is for murder.
2: He is here for murder.
0: Um, And so he sets up his own Michael Myers... Uh, an- uh, scene here mm-hmm. like we don't really need him to get under the sheet to yeah. to do that like we and don't we need to see him set his really own really don't
2: need to see him setting up the trap himself you like, throw us chunking him down the like down the stairs and then you cut to a body under the blanket we're gonna know it's him
0: yeah and i know that it's also to show that courtney knows where he is mm-hmm. but it's just it doesn't work
2: there's a much quicker way to do this no because um, once
0: coach janna finally shows up we know he's under there and we don't mm-hmm. care because it's like, well, we know where he it's is. It's like,
2: cool, hurry up and try to kill her already. So we're
0: worried for her, but we know too much that we, do. we don't have any way to get. We're not concerned whether she lives or dies.
2: Yes. So she slowly approaches and pulls the blanket back. And they have the weirdest big bug-eyed non-blinking stare off for like, <laughs> for like a, a moment. For way
0: too long. And then the fight starts. She yes. grabs a poker. Yeah, she grabs a, a
2: fire poker, and he has his big old drill. Big old
0: drill, and they have like a they have like a fencing battle.
2: They do, but we intercut their fencing battle with batter with Valerie in the basement
0: choosing her weapon.
2: Searching for a weapon, she ha- finds all these normal-sized drill bits because those would be useless.
0: And then she lands on a corded circular saw.
2: Yes, and I really like... I already the- connected to an extension cord. It is, and I really like the bungee sound it makes oh as it pulls her back She goes down running the with it up the
0: stairs and the cord runs out because you can't use a power tool without a cord unless you're the guy who has magic powers, apparently, Whoa. who can run around with this giant drill yeah. that's not battery-powered no. and use it. All a
2: commercial sized drill with no batteries. So Russ corners Coach Janet, but Courtney trips him. Mm-hmm. So coach whacks him. That's enough. Yep,
0: coach hits him and he's down, right? Yep. So he's Trish runs knocked him. out. Yeah. Here comes Trish and she just stabs the body. Mm-hmm. Which is a clear like trauma moment. <laughs> She's in shock. She stabs the body, and then the this is all like slow motion. So the coach is like, Trish, no. Like, you can't kill this, because she doesn't, because Coach doesn't know what's going on. No. The Coach is another unimportant character who just shows up in the last couple minutes. And then, so Trish panics and gets the Coach killed.
2: Well, no, not exactly. The way I viewed it was that Coach was trying to get Trish away and was like, Trish, no! And went to go push Trish away and then got herself stabbed in the stomach.
0: But have Trish not come in and stabbed Motherfucker, he wouldn't have popped up, is what I'm saying. So Trish got her killed. Yeah. Because they could have, like, ran.
2: Or if Coach had decided that Trish was an adult, then they could have both fought him together.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. And so anyway, the Coach gets completely thrown away because that character now... She gets
2: drilled straight through the belly. Yep.
0: And it makes no there's no sense for her to get killed right now nope we don't care about her
2: we cut back to val who finds the basement machete
0: yeah okay so i'm like okay so how did she miss the extremely well-lit three-foot machete
2: that's hanging on the wall
0: that's very sharp
2: so Russ who's smiling
0: I love this little monologue they gave him I thought this was great had you not shown me this guy the whole movie and show me little bits and pieces and not show me the whole guy mm-hmm. and then you had him do this little monologue at her where he's doing the uh you know the creepy like he's doing this for love things mm-hmm. and you, you you girls you're were pretty, all very beautiful you're
2: and- all very pretty she's pleading with him to stop I love you it takes a lot of love for a person to do this you know you want it. Yeah, you know, when Love he said, it. you know,
0: you want it." you know, and I'm like, yeah, but I don't know that that, if you're looking at the psychology of that killer, I don't know that he would have said it like that, but he would have said the first part. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was trying to analyze it too much, but it's a clearly a direct representation of American rape culture mm-hmm. coming out of the seventies into the eighties. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's almost less about the serial killer aspect and more about the, the sort of patriarchal rape culture that we had begin cultivating or had been cultivating. Mm -hmm. That's a really, that was really interesting to me too. And I was just like,
2: it was, and that's really the only moment that we get to see his motivation and his perspective of things. It was great. It was really, really good. Um, and this moment of him monologuing at Trish allows Val to come in with her giant machete and she misses and takes out a lamp Yep,
0: and they run outside
2: like you do. He runs in the backyard and Valerie pursues him. She
0: backs him up towards the pool.
2: Totally cornering him. And then she chops the majority, like one big swoop, like breaks the drill bit. Like the majority of the drill bit. She cut off the drill penis.
0: This is a direct analogy of cutting off the
2: penis and he is so just a shock yeah he's and appalled freaking out that she could do this she cuts
0: off the penis I'm shocked and appalled that she could that a machete could cut through a steel like a, a hardened but droga. it
2: takes like five whacks to get through his wrist bef- where she then cuts his hand she off. she
0: cuts his hand off and he's panicked and and I and I do like if you use the allegory of the first thing you do is cut off the rapist's penis mmm Which is what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, that's smart. But they did it so clear. They had done so much beforehand that I was like, all right, guys, we get it.
2: Yeah. So he is pissed. She slashes his guts. He says he's going to kill her and then he falls into the pool.
0: She cut his guts, though. She did. She sliced his stomach open. She
2: sliced his gut and he fell in the pool. And it
0: fills with blood.
2: And then she drops the machete and drops to her knees.
0: And the pool fills with blood and he's dead, right? Or so we think.
2: Or so we think. Because he uh, charges, um, I'm sorry, Uh, Courtney comes out to console Valerie. She thinks it's over. Russ gurgles and crawls out of the pool.
0: Which makes, I'm like, okay. Like
2: you do. And then he screams and charges at the girl. And then he pimp slaps Valerie. (laughs) I know.
0: With his good hand.
2: With his strong hand, he pimp slaps her. And then Trish runs in to join the fight.
0: Because Trish is so stabby.
2: She's so stabby, but she's also kind of useless.
0: She starts stabbing the bejesus out of him.
2: And then Russ charges at Val, and then he falls, falls on her, her sword. I mean, her machete.
0: Her machete, yes.
2: And he finally kills himself.
0: The um, But it, technically, Valerie gets the win here. And that's what's so weird. because yeah. well, and, and I don't understand the geography of this fight. It's poorly choreographed. choreographed so it's like, mm-hmm. how did he get up and run over it? Then how is she on her back holding the knife up?
2: I know. I don't know. I uh, think that he toppled her over when Trish was trying to stab him. And then he toppled Trish over. And then he ran back over to get Valerie. And, and the then whole movie, fell.
0: he dies. And the whole movie ends on shots of each one of their faces and it's, that's what I call the, well, we're going to need therapy now shot.
2: Yeah, because they're all just traumatized. sobbing and so traumatized. And then I it's credits. I literally just wrote down trauma, sirens, the end. Yes.
0: They're traumatized. It. it goes to sirens. The movie's over. The problem I have with this is that Valerie, and, I, and I, I made a note of this, Valerie doesn't deserve any of this. No. Like Valerie did not earn this. No. And that's what bothered me so much. To be honest, Trish earned it a lot more. Yeah. And to be double honest, I really think that the that a couple of the other girls even earned it more. Diane earned this more.
2: Diane earned all of the wrath, but everyone had to but receive it. But What
0: I'm no, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that Valerie didn't earn the right to kill the bad guy. Right. And uh Trish sort of earned the right more and Trish never got a shot. No. But I just don't understand how you don't let this you have this character that is unimportant mm-hmm. until the last Eight minutes of film. Come in and save the day.
2: Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. This
0: character did not earn that. She also didn't earn the, the, the almost getting killed. And none of the other ones earned it very well either. Um, they didn't do anything like you're saying. They didn't do anything like... They didn't do they They smoked pot mm-hmm. and drank, they didn't
2: even show it they but they, they did they it drank. all
0: and they did it all together in a, a non debaucherous way, mm-hmm. like they responsibly consumed alcohol and cannabis mm-hmm. and then ate some junk food Diana one of them't
2: even get to have sex
0: one of them stopped someone from fondling her, yep, and had the intent of leaving and having.
2: Clearly, what
0: would probably at this point, I'm just going to go out and guess, would have probably been fully protected, safe sex mm-hmm. at somebody's and house. And it was
2: going to be completely consensual. And it was
0: fully consensual after mm-hmm. the first time she said, like, I mm-hmm. don't know because my friends are her here. He respected her boundaries. He said, oh, come on. But when he said, "I'll oh, come on, he said, let's go somewhere where it's more like reasonable and private and she yeah. said yeah that's a really good compromise because mm-hmm. I do also want to have sex with you that was very strange that was where a f- the feminist writer came in yes because she did not write these characters because that's where the tone gets confused because
2: the serial killers rapey not the boyfriends
0: exactly and that's that's where it gets confusing because in a normal movie like this everyone would be rapey and
2: the neighbors rapey but not the high school right gay boys so that
0: is such an odd tone to take mm-hmm. and, and it's just these weird choices all over the map that made this movie so confusing and then the end so not satisfying mm-hmm. it it uh it's not is look we're gonna get the ratings here in a second but it is not as bad as um i enjoyed this movie more than uh caged uh, heat, caged heat. Mm-hmm. um but it's not as good as a lot of the other ones and neon maniacs is more fun
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. um if we're talking about 80s like slashery killery movies because neon maniacs had some style to it it and this doesn't have any style to it. It's got it's got a very good look to it, mm-hmm. but there's no stylistic choices. It's a lot of very well-composed scenes that don't connect to each other very well. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't build tension properly. I don't know. I have a lot of issues with it. I, I didn't hate it.
2: No, I didn't hate it, but I did find it kind of boring because there's a lot of slow-moving camera work. That's establishing things that you would have already pieced together. It's showing you too much. It shows way too much. I don't need to see all the strings. Mm-hmm. I need ten percent more humor. I need thirty percent more tension, and I or ten need... percent
0: less humor and still thirty percent more tension.
2: Mm-hmm. And I still I need more TNA. I can't believe I'm going to say that. <laughs> and I know I'm... what you're talking about. But because this is supposed to be a little bit of a TNA movie. Yeah. It's not exploitative. You don't have to go that far with it. But there's genuinely only like four scenes.
0: Service the genre that you're, you're trying to attempt to do here. Even if you're coming at this from a parody standpoint. yeah, You still need some more nudity. Yes. Or you need something more that screams this is this genre. This is how this genre is. Because mm-hmm. there's not enough of that in it. There's not. So it's like if you want to do parody, which it wasn't supposed to be. Put more in it. If you want to be mm-hmm. serious, take the tropes seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, in that respect, it's confusing. So I I think I'm going to have to ask you, how many uh, creepy next door neighbors out of 10 do you give this thing?
2: I give the... It's hard. I wanted to give this 5 out of 10, but I'm going to give it 4 out of 10.
0: Okay, I gave it 5 out of 10. Yeah. And, and the more we talked about it, the more my rating went down.
2: Mm-hmm. For me...
0: Because I, it, I started at 5 out of 10, and, and I so I think I'm going to just agree with you and give it 4. Because I originally said 5 out of 10. As soon as the movie was over, I was like, meh, 5 out of 10, it's kind of meh. But the mm-hmm. more I talk about it, the more it it is so frustratingly close to being something good. Like, you could take this movie, rewrite it real quick, mm-hmm. and make this a fun slasher movie.
2: You give me 24 hours in Final Draft, and I could make this a 100%. really fun film.
0: So you have convinced me that I'm going to lower my rating to 4.
2: It's just that it misses the mark in so many ways, and it's partially because it lacks its own direction and its own motivation, mm-hmm. and it it doesn't have a clear goal or expectation for itself, and that is very, very clear.
0: But there were a lot of swings taken. There are. And yep. And it it doesn't The reason I can't give it the, fi- the full five that I originally thought is like, the more I dissect those swings, the more I'm like Damn, they really should have known better.
2: And I think that they did because you'll notice that this film was released in November. I wouldn't be surprised if it was originally intended to be an October release. And then they realized that they were missing the mark and they recut it and had to let it out in November. Because it did not have it for an October horror release.
0: Yeah. No, I think you're right. This it, it screams. Hey, we we missed this out. It's but,
2: also not a summer horror release either.
0: But then again, you're also not dealing with a normal big studio system. This is Roger Corman. So True. I'm like, but I mean, it's the early '80s. We're trying to buy it. We're trying to really. He's trying to buy into the slasher movement,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's you know he's pumping these out. They're being produced you know by the fistful, yeah, literally. But there's. It, by today's standards it's these it's still very indie yeah it's still very um you know throw it together and shoot it yourself and I think that that's why we've got some great shots but um one interesting thing I read they couldn't afford a crane, so they had to use a cherry picker <laughs> for that gym shot which is
0: why it's it's it doesn't move.
2: Which is why it doesn't move. It's also why it's the only shot in the film that's like that.
0: It's a great shot.
2: They couldn't afford to rent equipment. So it's all done on uh, tripods and handheld, like, stands.
0: See, and for that, it makes me want to give them the full five. But I I can't because there's so many things that, like, that is why they're getting a four. Mm -hmm. Because the rest of the stuff is, like, it's so frustratingly close. Mm -hmm. Like, this movie is so frustratingly close to, like, being cogent. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like... Caged heat is so frustratingly close to being art, yes, you know what I mean,
2: and this isn't bad enough to be funny for being bad, no, but I could see how if you were watching this with someone else, uh-huh. there's enough time in it to where you could chew on those bad moments. so
0: let me ask you this, uh like we do every episode. What point in a relationship would you share this with your significant other, and would you at all?
2: You know, this is one that I would, um, but I think that it's one that's like a great like we moved in together, we're cleaning the apartment and we need to throw something on to watch.
0: It's a good vibe. This right? movie does this movie is a vibe. Yeah. It's just not it's just not um if you so, want to sit down and pay attention to it. It's It's yeah, it's great background music. It's cleaning the house movie throw
2: this on when you and your like say you and your significant other want to put a puzzle together or you're doing a Lego set. Mm-hmm. um you've got to tackle that big old pile of laundry.
0: We're like a year and a half in, yep, we're just past the like honeymoon phase of mm-hmm. the relationship.
2: We need to make fun out of doing chores together, yeah, because we have to live our lives, yeah. Uh, that's when you want to watch this film.
0: This is a good one from, for the background. Because yes. every once in a while you get some boobs, you get some weird music, you get some things happening. Mm-hmm. There are funny lines in it. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. I think this is a year and a half into your relationship. I think that you are, like you said, this is a background movie. And this is great as a background movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I'm not say- goofy enough for this to, to be, because I made this this point before, but it's not goofy enough to be the movie playing in another movie.
2: No. Um Nor is it goofy enough really for a group of friends.
0: No, you certainly could. If this was part of either a double feature or a Mm -hmm. marathon you were doing with a group of friends, Mm -hmm. go for it. In fact, we're going to revisit this franchise in the future because I'd like to see what happens in the sequels. Sure. Because they span a long time.
2: Yeah, I'd like to as well.
0: And I want to see cuz you you got to think that they're going to get more arch. Yes. Cuz sequels always do, particularly in this genre.
2: And I'd like to see them, you know, emphasize I'd like to kind of see what stood out to them as the parts that were like the good parts yeah. and if they emphasized What did those. they mine from this? Yes. How did they grow? Cuz
0: truthfully, there's a lot you can mine from this movie. Oh, yes. Yeah. But but uh I think I think you should watch it. But only if you have other things to do and need something for the background.
2: Watch Halloween, the whole Halloween franchise first. Once you've got gotten- if you
0: put this right up next to Halloween, it's like a how to and how not to.
2: Yeah. Like right
0: back and forth with each other.
2: Yeah. Especially when you consider the time period and yeah. you like you know what all is going on. Mm-hmm. But that's why you don't need to, you know, focus too intently. No. You're and allowed. try not to
0: you probably i'd probably like this more if i didn't have to take notes on it yeah I if was it was just on that. yeah i might give this a higher rating but having to dissect it who mm-hmm. and knowing the background information mm-hmm. is like oof this little is bit of
2: a little bit of a, a track it yeah. was and it was an interesting one
0: well that's gonna do it for this episode because oh boy
2: we said literally everything. We said everything we could say. say.
0: Um, and if you have any thoughts on this, mm-hmm. please shoot us a line at uh, B dot trothed at com. That's B dot T R O T H E D at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Um, if you have any thoughts, questions on the movie, if you have any questions for, uh, for us, any relationship advice when it comes to sharing your with your significant other. The genre films that you love, and they may dislike, or maybe Mm -hmm. they love them and you don't like them, and you're just listening to this for some weird reason to try and (laughs) to to try and learn their ways, learn their ways. Maybe this is on uh, in the car when you guys are driving somewhere. You
2: poor, poor thing.
0: (laughs) And you heard it, and we're just like, why? Why? Shoot us a message and let us know. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at betrothedpod and on Gmail. At or on gmail and on twitter Mm -hmm. at beach road Mm -hmm. uh you can follow me at i am chris hayden on all the things Mm
2: -hmm. you can follow me at KT may 2k on all the things you find social
0: and uh please uh be sure to subscribe like uh comment share with your friends Mm -hmm. pass this thing around when you uh when you give us five stars on itunes or any of those other things and and uh leave a comment that helps other people find the show because it Mm -hmm. uh prioritizes us in the feed and we love to grow the show and get other people listening and get you guys involved a little bit so uh shoot us a line give a let us know you're out there and um until next week or next time
2: time. fuck
0: off and die